So how do you feel about the name PS2 Forever? PS2 Forever? Like no, not four, not with okay. the letter four. Okay, but with the letters. The only reason that I like threw that out to be like the placeholder for the podcast uh-huh. is because um, I've been diving into like GameCube mods and stuff like that, and one of the main pages, like a forum for that, is just GC Forever, and I just kind of like it. Um, so I put that down as just the placeholder, but I don't know. Did you have? Out of the list that we had, did oh, you have anything gosh. that you liked more? Because I'm not like super, I'm not super sold on it either. Where was the list? Did you even add anything to the list? I, I probably remember. didn't. <laughs> probably didn't. Because I know I, I like rapid fired out a few name ideas. There it is. I like to outsource my thinking to you most of the time. Okay. When it comes <laughs> to like enough. names and stuff. Yeah. So I had three in there. I had analog shtick, which is a obviously a play on joystick. Because I don't, even though we don't yeah. really touch that anymore. I think this will go there. I think okay. that's, that's my plan. We okay. could just make a new YouTube channel, but you know what? I think this I, could I just go there. Yeah, I know. I think it's fine because the name joystick is such a good name anyway. You know, like why? I love it. Yeah. And it has like a cute, like little pink aesthetic to it. And I, I think it's fine. Or you could change mm-hmm. the aesthetic if you want. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's I think I'll, busy. <laughs> I thought about, I thought about making like the color scheme for like any of the graphics and stuff, blue and white. Cause that's what I associate with PlayStation. But looking at a lot of the branding for PS2 specifically. I was going to say it's black and blue. Well, there's a lot of yellow. That too. Like if you look at the like packaging for like the slim and a lot of the controllers and peripherals, oh, I don't yeah. know if there was a point where it changed, but it was like black and yellow for a long time. And I'm like, that's kind of yeah. No, I always remember nice. it being black and yellow. I think yeah. I mean, t- today I associate PlayStation with white and blue, but right. Uh, I also had um, PS2 Pals, which <laughs> it's just <laughs> alliteration. That's the only thing it's got going for it. There, it's not really like clever or anything. And then uh, Dual Shock. That might be a thing. That's a reference, obviously, to the the Dual Shock controller, but it's yes. you know like Dual Shocked because I don't. It sounds fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess like I like I like that, but it is one letter away from Dual Shockers, which is the name of another news site. Oh, is it? I have never heard of that. All right yeah. then. Well, maybe we don't want to be affiliated with them, depending on. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. What about? I thought about dual shtick <laughs> then that's like combining two of them i really like the idea of incorporating the dual shock into the name in some way but i don't know how yeah well i mean like analog shtick like i remember specifically in like all the ps2 manuals and all like the game tutorials they never call it on the controller they never call it the joystick they always call it the analog right. stick and i always thought that that was interesting that they and they <laughs> got like, that analog button on the controller itself yeah what was that even for Wait, wouldn't that turn off the analog sticks or something? No. it. So you know how like a normal controller now, it'll have analog triggers. So like the more you press the trigger, it's not digital. So like it's digital or analog and digital is like on or off, but analog is like there's oh. a gradient. Oh, that makes sense. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it makes perfect sense. But it wasn't for the triggers, which would have been great. It was for the freaking face buttons. <laughs> That's so <laughs> stupid. Okay. They had pressure-sensitive face buttons. I never had a single game that made use of that, though, like, that I can remember. There was one game in the launch lineup of... It was Evergrace. Talk- or, yeah. Yeah. Yep. The harder you hit it, the more damage you did. Well, and I couldn't... That's so... 
I could, it's not like it was even, it didn't even matter based on how I was playing the game, at least. I mean, with you, it, it might have had an actual effect, but I uh, was using an Xbox controller, so the lily pad or whatever software didn't uh, have that in it. <laughs> so how do you, okay, name, do you feel one way or the other? What, if we have our names in the podcast? Do you feel st- no, no, no. I mean the oh. name of the podcast. <laughs> the name of the podcast. Uh, I think my favorite is Analog Shtick. I think it. I think I like Shtick too because we're putting it on the Shtick channel. Right. Analog Shtick. It's clever-ish. Welcome to episode one of Analog Shtick, the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I gotta how, about go. you? how about you do it? How about uh, you do it? Uh, welcome. To Analog Stick, the PlayStation 2 review podcast, where we attempt to sort of halfway review every title on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, we kind of, I feel like that's insurmountable, but you know what? Whatever. We're doing it. If we don't do it, you know, who's going to care? You know, I mean, you're going to miss out on like 75 sports games. I don't <laughs> think anyone's going to notice. Like 12 Maddens or however many there were. I don't, there's like, I think. I think 20 men's on the system. Oh. And it might be might be just barely an exaggeration, but I think it's close to that. Okay. And maybe if you combine like other football games with oh, other football games, I'm sure we're in like the 70s because this I mean this console had a very long tail. So I, I stuff was, was being say, released into like the 2014s, I think. Yeah. So I'm sure you could make a podcast all about exclusively Madden games. I'm sure there is one out there somewhere. Um, yeah. but that's not going to be us. So if that's what you're here for, uh, go away. <laughs> yeah. Good, goodbye. Adjust your standards, please. <laughs> However long we go for this podcast, I want the last episode to be discussing, uh, FIFA 14, I think, which was the last game release for the system. Oh, what a and good wanna... send off. <laughs> yeah, <FIFA 14. laughs> yeah. So I think that was, that means it was released on three generations because PS2, 3, and 4. Oh, uh, for some reason, I thought you were just going to throw out PS1 in there, and I was going to be like, holy crap. It would be funny. Isn't also, uh, isn't technically the PS2 still pretty popular in, like, Brazil or something? Yeah, so I, I don't completely understand the Brazil situation, but from what I under, from what I think I know, I'm pretty sure they have, like, super high, like, import tariffs on stuff. Oh. So... You know, the PS2 isn't manufactured in Brazil, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> they still got but, a factory out there going. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like why retro consoles are big there, PS2 specifically. Oh, okay. Just that's why it's stuff like, like FIFA was still being released. Right, right. Because it's like they don't have to, if, if they keep, you know, playing on the old console, they don't have to fork over all the cash for the new ones. Is that, you know, okay. I, don't, I, I think it's like ridiculous, like double or triple the price of oh my gosh that's awful i again i don't know really haven't really done any research only know from like hearing people talk about it but yeah okay gotcha as we're talking about the uh initial like launch library the launch window games we both grew up with the ps2 What, what was like the first games that you remember playing on the ps2 so i remember i remember when we got the ps2 um I remember my dad and I went to Walmart and I remember um, like getting the PS2 box and I remember picking out the uh, games behind the glass cabinet. And I was a big fan of Spyro on the PS1. That was like my 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 jam. So my first game, and it's a real stinker, <laughs> but we'll get to that way later. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my first game was Spyro Enter the Dragonfly. 
and you know like a collectathon platformer type thing if if you're not familiar with Spyro that's that's what that is um and then my dad got uh 007 Nightfire yeah and uh SOCOM I remember him playing a lot of SOCOM it was either one or two but I'm not sure which one I'm assuming it was one because the release dates for Spyro and Nightfire um and the first SOCOM were all 2002 and that's when I think we got our PS2 so I would have been 4 years old and I was already mm-hmm. a gamer so That's so crazy that you were that cognizant of what was happening to you at that time. Oh, yeah, I just I, I do not I yeah, I well, where were you born? What where are you, when? Are you one year you're one year older than me. So Uh yeah. I mean just not quite I mean like 6 months older than you. Uh, I suppose. So I was I was just developing um <laughs> long-term memories at oh. the time of <laughs> yeah. the yeah. PS2. I, we got it. I don't know how much later. It was something that my dad just bought, I think. Just because? I, I I mean, I remember there being no PS2 and then there being a PS2. I okay. don't remember what led to the PS2. Um, but yeah, I was playing on the SNES before this. And was this that like something that your dad just had around as well? Yeah, that was something okay. that he had. I don't like... I, I wouldn't be able to speak as definitively as to the first game I played for it. But th- I think one of the earliest games that I can remember playing, and let me check the freaking release date for this so I don't like, <laughs> like clearly get it wrong, yeah. uh, was Pac-Man World 2 is like a Pac-Man platformer. <laughs> is it also um, like a collect-a-thon thing? Yeah, it's, it's a collect-a-thon, but like... It's not like you collect to progress. It's you just go through the levels. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it came out 2002. So that that very well could have been okay. my first game. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I recently replayed it and it was uh, it's kind of a stinker, but <laughs> it's okay. Did you do a review of that one separately? I I don't remember. Have, I have planned to do a review of that literally since I started doing reviews. Oh. It's been <laughs> something that's been on the list. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure if that was my first game, but that was definitely one of the first games. What about any games from the actual launch lineup, Morgan? Heck no. No. (laughs) I've never. uh, I mean, you know, like I've obviously I've heard of Madden, right? I've heard of. uh, (laughs) Really? You've heard of it? It's a pretty obscure title. Right. I know, isn't it? It's like this funky little indie thing they got going on with football. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And, you know, like I know what the NHL is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, what was the other I one? know what billiards is. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, I think I'd heard of SSX. I mean, I think I was like vaguely aware that it was snowboarding. Uh, never never mm-hmm. touched anything on this list. So how about yourself? The only game that I like have, well, actually two, I forgot. Um, Ridge Racer and Smuggler's Run. I think are the only two that I remember playing. And Interesting. Ridge Racer, I could not, I couldn't actually remember playing it, but I definitely remembered owning it i guess smugglers run i played that game a little bit but whenever i jump back into it i'm like man i do not remember any of this like at all <laughs> yeah uh so yeah looking at the list again, that's the only two that i have any memory of playing so these are like all pretty foreign franchises to me right and like when it comes to like certain genres of games like if you're listening like we have uh there's obviously certain genres that we're just not familiar with at all. So <laughs> we're not oh, like yeah. the most, the best equipped to uh, like provide a lot of insight or like insightful, you know, commentary on them. So, oh yeah. Just wait till we get to platformers. Right. I'll be all about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean like the launch library is pretty much exclusively 
sports, fighting, racing, racing. Uh huh. Well, I guess there's three shooters. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I sh- I meant to make like a little breakdown of everything, but oh, I didn't. that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, there are X number of shooters. So, um, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, I think this is important to uh, maybe state at the top. Uh, we did not like get super in depth into any of these games. <laughs> like, oh no. no, no, I I don't think I played any of these for more than thirty minutes. <laughs> like, I I essentially treated it like a demo where I'm just like playing, trying to get a feel for like some of it, and if it loses me, it loses me. But yeah, right, Morgan, do you? have a similar experience or I, I think the longest four hundreds of hours into this no absolutely not I think the longest I played you know it was sort of like I tried to make it um as like organic as possible just for the sake of my own sanity so like if I was like right. actually enjoying something then I was gonna put more time into it if I like hated it then I stopped after like 15 minutes uh mm-hmm. just so that I wouldn't like lose it uh, later on um mm-hmm. so i think i think the longest i put into one of these games was like i don't know maybe 45 minutes to an hour um yes yeah oh yeah that's pretty pretty good i think the game i put the most amount of time into is time splitters and that's just because i i liked it yeah <laughs> but yeah most of these were just like oh i'm playing it yeah that's enough right <laughs> i got it <laughs> I, get, I get the gist because uh what is it 28 times 30 minutes ish a game so what like divided 14 hours 60 14 hours yeah yeah i yes actually that's not that unreasonable oh that's how much time we did put into it yeah that's a good amount of time yeah yeah it is (laughs) yeah yeah so just throwing that out there in case there's any freaking i don't know smugglers run fans that are upset that we didn't (laughs) play it until it got good 15 hours in or whatever right so yeah all right. Let's dive in to number one. Morgan, what did you think about Cue Ball Billiards Master? So, um, the, uh, the the method in which I am uh, playing these games, I uh, I could not find a way to obtain myself a copy <laughs> of this title. I, uh, if I'm honest, I was not um, no no skin off my back really. I'm uh, really hurting. For yeah, that one, I know. I was so distraught. <laughs> That I could not play cue ball billiards master, but I did watch some gameplay on the YouTube. It it is pool. It is it is a game of billiards. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, looking at the NPC that was you know, or I guess like the stand-in for the player um, that was on there was screen. A stand-in. Well, you know, like you see like an icon of a guy off to the right or whatever when you go to like hit the ball. And uh, I thought I was playing as the, the pool oh, the- stick. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know what to call him, but uh, he uh, was the epitome of early 2000s fashion. And I thought that that was hilarious. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was- <laughs> in my notes, in my notes, I put I really love the intro sequence because it shows off how badass pool is. And it was just like this amazing late 90s, early 2000s montage of pool and hot women oh. really loving pool. Was it live action footage or was it? Oh, yeah, it was live. action. Oh, was yeah. Mm-hmm. That is. It looked like um yeah it was like a a larger man you know with sunglasses inside obviously slicked black yes hair just like <laughs> probably into a ponytail oh. um it was awesome that does sound awesome very nostalgic uh, 
of our childhood, I suppose. That's what I that's what all the adults looked like back in the day. <laughs> um so this game was developed by a company called Ornrith, no idea. Uh published by Take Two though. So they're still around. All right. Got a sixty five on Metacritic, and I gotta be honest, that's probably too high. <laughs> Uh, I I did play this not for very long. I played one game of it, <laughs> and then I played another to record footage for the video version. And it's pool. The only other pool games I can remember playing are like, is there is there pool on the Wii for like a Wii Sports? You know, for Wii type? Sports, I, like I think the Wii Play has pool. It, it might. I I only had the OG copy of Wii Sports, so I don't know about that. But I wouldn't be surprised. I I, I really I think Wii Play had pool. Right. So yeah, I you know. If I got to pick one, I think I'm going to go Wii Play, honestly. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's more of an immersive thing versus just sitting there like a schmuck with two analog sticks trying to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they really had not mastered. This is going to be a recurring theme throughout all of this. They really had not mastered <laughs> what what and when to use analog sticks and the rest of the controller. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I found I found the controls to be... Uh, extremely stiff and sensitive at the same time which is very impressive it had like a weird ramp to like you know like whenever it would slow down and like speed up as you're trying to like move the stick oh so it made it like it was made it frustrating to get a correct position or the position you wanted yeah yeah but a little bit touchy what are you gonna do right pool yeah pool on the ps2 i like to think that there's someone out there who on launch bought the ps2 and just cue ball <laughs> like oh yeah i got this brand new console it's gonna be my my pool my pool simulator my new pool machine right like they're the type of person who was playing chess on ps1 right like and that's this, that's yeah. all they used it for it was probably like some like 50 or 60 year old grandpa out there that's like heck yeah yeah I gave me that grandpa. yeah uh the music was super repetitive which was a problem with many of these games too it was just like a really simple drum and bass loop which was not the most fun all right let's original oh sorry i went really quick before we move on we probably should move on from these games faster (laughs) um because we got 28 to go through uh originally gonna be called cool pool billiards master and i just think that's a much better name that is okay yeah let's uh all right let's give it up for pool or give it up pool everybody whatever (laughs) cue ball billiards master anyway okay uh unreal tournament do you want to go first um sure i am let me scroll down to see if i all right yeah i do have notes for this one okay so (laughs) this was developed by uh this is such a good name epic games and digital extremes uh you you know who epic games is right i i i should i should you know that name it really so familiar what did they do i don't i couldn't tell you i don't remember they make Fortnite. Fortnite. yeah oh well. I thought you were being facetious. I thought you were being facetious. At first. <laughs> no, I actually wasn't. I was like, "This is a name I should definitely know," and I don't. Uh, probably because I don't. I don't play Fortnite, so because I have self-respect. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> because I am 23. How old are you? 24. 24. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, on. Well, it doesn't. We don't have a publisher in the notes. I'm not sure if, if that just wasn't something. I think it's we could also find. published by. Oh, Epic, okay. Okay. Um, and on Metacritic. Got a 77. On the PC, it got a 92. And on the Dreamcast, it got a 90. And it's also the sequel to Unreal. I don't know what Unreal was. <laughs> you can kind of guess from the name, Unreal Tournament. That it, Before they had a tournament, they were just sitting. Right. Yeah. It was just a bunch <laughs> just of, they, 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 weren't, they weren't fighting. Right, you know? right. 
Um, and if you want to go on with the rest of these notes, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> since you took them, I did not take these. <laughs> so um, this version of the game is reviewed pretty consistently lower than the other two. It's a pretty like popular PC game. And it was also apparently well-reviewed on the Dreamcast, which is surprising to me because I believe that system only had one analog stick, but let me check. Um, okay, yeah, I don't know how this was reviewed better on here. I'm looking at a controller with one analog stick and a D-pad both right next to each other, so... Oh, no. I don't know what you're Gotta doing Gotta get that. your thumbs all crammed up together. <laughs> I, I don't know how like. you're controlling this game. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Interestingly, a lot of people were criticizing the game for the control scheme requiring you to use both sticks at the same time. I thought that was so hilarious. I laughed out loud I when I saw that. I was like... <laughs> so, this quote from... Um, what is this? Electronic Playground in 2005. Epic has intimate. Oh God, I have to read. Epic has implemented a dual analog layout. One stick controls movement. The other stick controls aim, which sounds good in theory, but is horrid in practice. And I was just, lo- I was pulling my hair out reading that because <laughs> there's so many games with just like horrific ass backwards control schemes right. in this launch lineup where you're using like this game in particular, the default control scheme has you use, and if you're at home, just, you know, stick out your hand like you're holding the PS2 controller. Okay. With your left thumb, your left thumb controls looking up and looking down and moving left and right, or maybe it's the opposite of that, but it's like control and like uh, movement and aiming is for some reason split between the two analog sticks to but it's like it's breaking my brain trying to describe right. it because it doesn't so, make any sense. So like one stick lets you look up and down. The other stick lets you look left and right. The original yes. stick lets you move side to side. The other stick lets you move forwards and backwards. It, it it's blows hell. my mind. It's hell. Because <laughs> you have to you have to like to come up with this idea. You have to mentally like pass the correct solution. Like you have to go past like splitting aim and move to separate st- i don't understand like i assume you had to arrive to that conclusion you're like aim and move separate sticks and then you're like this just doesn't work what if we just <laughs> make it twice as complicated i don't know i but, yeah well and if i'm sure that like if you know depending on hardware limitations or like if you were used to maybe the dreamcast controller then yeah, maybe having two analog sticks for the first time would be so overwhelming that they were just like, I ah, will stick with the standard. But the standard sucked, okay? It's time it to move really on. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. I mean, I I, I kind of get the frustration around like early 3D first-person games comes from because, I mean, if you put a controller in the hands of someone who's never played video games before and tell them to control like a 3D movement, like I t- we take it for granted that there's just like a universal control scheme for all games and we just pick up a 3d game and know how to like move and look and stuff so this is definitely still a um learning period for people making and playing games i believe this is the i'm i might be stupid not thinking of something this is the first console with two analog sticks aside from the ps1 which had a controller that did have two analog sticks. Right, and then it had one that just had the arrow buttons, right? Like, originally right. when it first came out, it was just the arrow buttons. And most games still didn't take advantage of the dual analog sticks. They were using movement with the D-pad and stuff. Because, I mean, it's hard as a developer. you got to, like, 
consider the are you going to like develop the game with this optional controller in mind that only some people are going to have or right. develop it with like unless just the controller that everyone has in mind unless you're making skyward uh, sword and make everybody go out and buy a wii motion plus uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah so there is an option to like control the game with a more conventional left stick moves right stick aims which is good and it made the game like playable the frame rate wasn't too great and i don't know if that's the method i was playing the game through or <laughs> the the game itself but it it kind of made it difficult i could see this game being a lot of fun for like four player split screen or something this seems like the mindless sort of entertainment that five-year-old me would have enjoyed oh there was no network capability i don't think so you were like limited to fighting bots and like split screen stuff, which is, I mean, it's, it's foreign to us, obviously, but. Right. And the bots know. weren't bad per se. It, well, like I don't it, know if that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. At least when I played it. <laughs> oh, it's interesting that like, I think I didn't look super far into this, but like the game was using terms like frag for kills and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. This, I think this is actually like the origin of like some of these terms, which is, I don't know, yeah. sometimes still used today, which I think is cool. Yeah, I wonder if that was a thing in Unreal too, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's all I got for... Yeah, that's all I got for this. In your notes, you had also mentioned that like the character portraits looked like, I don't know, would you say like dollar store version versions of Siege characters, Rainbow Six Siege? They, yeah, they just didn't <laughs> look like they belonged there. No. They were just like... Yeah, there were definitely some. It looked like a fan made game. Almost. Yeah, like Th there were some definite aesthetic choices that were a little bit questionable. I played um, Tasha, who had like this funky looking. I don't know if it was supposed to be a ski mask or like a metallic faceplate, <laughs> but she also had like a ponytail. I don't know. She was wild looking, so I picked her of, of course because she was the one of the stranger looking ones. The general I found when I was you know trying to like move around and shoot after I had switched over to like what a uh, an acceptable control scheme for like a, a modern gamer uh, <laughs> to where it was like handling like a normal FPS. Um, I felt like the general feel of uh, moving around kind of sucked. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I still think it was one of the best of. Oh, definitely. Like it these, was. But yeah, yes. I agree. So like if you uh, like if you've ever played like Doom and you know how archaic Doom is, but even though it's so old, like when you, like moving around still feels so fluid and like it still feels pretty good to play. Mm -hmm. This felt way more clunky than Doom, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. I For me, I felt like I could I could envision what someone who was good at the game, like moving around would have looked like. But it was it was just hard to like adapt yes. to how they had everything set up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another like thing that I hate was, um, like the map that I tried to play on, it was like a spaceship or, or something like that. Um, there were like inclines and when you would like walk down mm. or up an incline, it would sort of like, um, it would force your perspective to like tip up or down with that incline. And I hated that. I was like, let me oh, just yeah. like look at the floor or like, look, you know, I, I hated how it kept like adjusting my point of view for me. As I was moving, it made it really hard. That to was aim. such a thing for some of these games. They just like really wanted to like mess with where you're looking. Right. Like, oh, obviously you want to revert back to the thing, and you just end up fighting it. Right. Yeah. Um. So, like you, and again, I don't know if this is, was uh, was related to the method uh, in which I was <laughs> yeah. playing this, but uh, I noticed some some frames, some framiness. 
Um, comparatively speaking, I thought that the um, like the textures were pretty interesting. The the color palettes were more interesting than other things I'd seen. Um, and uh, the audio sounded like booty. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the speaking, mm-hmm. like when the tutorial voice or like the announcer voice or whatever sounded like, oh my, garbled God. like trash. <laughs> <laughs> you could not. I I was playing the the game like on speakers, and I could not hear the person talking like during that tutorial. Oh, I could hear her. It was like the fine. most muffled, unintelligible thing that I. Yeah, it it was not great. Um, Otherwise, I thought like the sound design and the soundtrack were fine. I mean, it -hmm. it obviously didn't like blow my mind or anything, but it was was all right. So, yeah, uh, you know, um, out of everything else on the on the launch library, it was one of the better ones, I think. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Especially from like a modern lens. It didn't review very well at the time. Uh, Well, I guess like other versions of it reviewed pretty well, but like this version didn't review super well yeah from the modern lens looking back at it it's like yeah this is one of the only playable games to an extent right and i wonder like the like the control issues that we were talking about like if you were to play it on pc if it like might have felt better or if they didn't do the weird like forced force your like reticle around when you're moving up and down inclines i don't know i don't know how that was handled on pc so might Mm -hmm. be better to play there who knows shooters (sighs) shooters definitely this is kind of where they, as far as I can tell, like things like SOCOM and uh, I think Killzone started here as well uh, on this like generation of consoles. I think this is where FPS has become more normalized, but I think that they probably get their like mass mainstream appeal starting with uh, PS3, Xbox 360. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, one of the only uh, other things that I thought was like weird um, or stuck out to me for like something of like this is very of its time is like how whenever you kill someone you just like really like rub it in their face in a really like immature way like or your character does and like yeah you suck nerd or something <laughs> right because really like that's that. you know may- maybe that's where the toxic gamer <laughs> crap <laughs> started because the games told us that it was okay it's okay yeah. to diss your opponent and <laughs> call them trash anyway <laughs> can you imagine i mean i don't think that that doesn't happen still I mean, we have like emotes and stuff. Can, like, yeah, I mean, you could still literally like, dab on someone. Yeah, if or want, if but. if you're like in a single player game, I guess you can like in some games you can like teabag if you really feel like that's <laughs> <laughs> necessary. Yeah. But yeah, interesting uh, artifact of the time. Um, okay. All right. Do we want to move on? We should. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So the next game on the list is um, Orphan. I don't know how to say this name. Scion. Again. I forgot to mention i don't know how to say is it scoin it's scion of sorcery scoin scion of sorcery is yeah. that really a useful scion yeah as, oh, do i you know, hate that do you know what scion means or no okay a scion i think it's sort of like uh equivalent to i don't know i don't want to say prodigy because that might have a different connotation but i think scion means like you're really good at it oh toyota scion yeah Actually, I'm going to Google it really fast just to make sure I'm not talking out of my butt. There's a company. There's an automotive company called Scion. Oh, never mind. That's <laughs> totally wrong. It's uh, a descendant of a notable family. So, I mean, mm. I guess it could be taken to mean like uh, like it's in your blood, you know, like a Scion okay. of sorcery, like being a sorcerer is like in his blood or whatever. 
I saw I saw that word and I just kind of thought like scourge. Okay. Yeah. No, that's not what that means. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So this was um this is a uh, an adaptation of a manga, right? Based off of uh, the same source material. Based off the same source material. It is the source material. Right. <laughs> not reviewed super favorably at the time. Fifty four on Metacritic. Published by Shade Inc. Or developed by Shade Inc. and published by Katakawa. Shoti. Man, I picked all these words. I don't know how to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think localized by Activision. Localized and translated for an American audience. So, I did not play this. Did you say what what the name of the manga was? The source material? Because I think it's great. No, I just didn't even attempt. Okay, it's Sorceress (laughs) Stabber Orphan, which I think is uh, amazing. That's a strange collection of words. Really. I the stabber part I think is the weirdest. Like why? But anyway, yeah, sorceress orphan would have been better. Right. The stabber is just a little bit extra, but whatever. <laughs> so, so tell me about this orphan. Okay. So this, uh, for some reason, I uh, picked this game out of the launch lineup to really just sort of like grasp and like latch onto and be like, oh, I'm so excited to play this one. I don't know why I decided that. <laughs> Probably because I read like a scathing review of it. And I was like, I bet it's not that bad. Like, I bet I could enjoy it. When I did play this, it was most definitely because of like the method I was using to play it. Um, I experienced minor issues with the audio during cutscenes. So sometimes like some snippets of the character dialogue was just like missing or like it would kind of like stutter and like repeat itself. Um, Again, I don't think that's that's not the game's fault. Um, But it, it made it a little bit harder to understand like the story and get what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the game opens up uh, with like a hand animated, like, I don't know. It looks like a scene from oh, like, really? the, the anime. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of interesting to see. Um, and I mean, it was like, you know, t- your typical like nineties anime art style. So like everyone had like really pointy hair and oh, there were a bunch that of nineties anime really just like hits, hits the aesthetic. Right. Yeah. It? Yeah. It definitely is a specific like look. So uh, the interesting I I found about this game um, when I was doing like some preemptive research um, was that it was developed uh, with two different engines. Uh, So there's an engine that's used for overworld exploration and there's a different engine that's used for combat. Um, And it kind of makes sense when you actually see the gameplay, like how like, you know, you're like, oh, I see like there's there's quite a difference between uh, exploration versus combat. so like exploration, it's kind of like, I don't know, like your typical RPG, you know, like you're just some dude walking around opening treasure chests and just basically trying to find your way to the next story cutscene, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt the, and I don't know if it was just because, you know, it was like towards the beginning of the game. That's where they tend to stuff the most effort into like letting you get to know the characters and everything. But I was being interrupted constantly by your like two companion characters there was uh, i don't know if they were like related but there was a boy a young boy and a uh, like a teenage girl and they were just yelling at each other like all the time like i walk into a new room and they start like crying and whining and pointing fingers at each other and i'm like why 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 are we doing this and then like the protagonist is like you guys shut up we're supposed to be doing things whatever and it's like all right it's kind of a a strain on your patience after a while Mm-hmm. Um, also the, uh, combat was, um, 
in my notes, I say it was frickin' fricked. Um, <laughs> oh, dang it. Whenever I, like, watched a little bit of this, I thought the combat looked like it could have been really fun. Oh, see, I could not make sense of it at all. So the first uh, combat you get into, the game opens up and you're on, like, this, like, ship in the middle of a storm. And I think, like, there's, like, a sea monster or something nearby. So the sea monster, like, is, like, in part of the boat. And so your your first, like, combat segment is fighting this, I, I don't even know how to describe what it looks like, a tentacle monster thing. Um, Mm -hmm. so you're not given any direction at all. You're just, you know, you encounter the fight and then bam, you're in the fight. There's no button prompts, no voice telling you what to do. It's just, you know, you're there and figure it out. And it's not like I didn't have, you know, like an original manual or anything next to me to like know what to do. And I didn't have a guy pulled up. Um, so there's like, from what I could tell, there was like no UI, uh, you had like a health bar at the top of the screen. There was like your health bar, which was, I think, I don't remember if they even differentiated the colors, but there was your health bar that would flicker on screen for a second if you got hit and the enemy health bar that would flicker on screen for a second if they took damage. And it was just so hard to tell what to do <laughs> or like what buttons to press. Yeah. I was just mashing buttons and like the, I think you're prompt to like hit something and to like do damage and like perform well is to time it with this like kind of like starburst sort of shimmering effect that shows up on screen and i okay could not those yeah i couldn't quite like kind of like a quick time event but i i just couldn't wrap my head around it and get it figured out um and because of that i quickly got bored uh (laughs) and so that was sort of sort of my experience so like basically the worst part is just like the lack of like oh my god what am i doing tell me what to do there's like no direction for combat at all yeah i get that yeah i saw that you put that this uh voice actor was the same voice actor as another uh one of your favorite video game characters yes what Uh, was that so uh (laughs) so orphan and uh one of my favorite characters is axel from uh the kingdom hearts franchise um, oh, I figured it'd be something. Yeah, <laughs> something like uh, anime adjacent, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they share a voice actor. I can say that I like his performance as Axel better than his performance as Orphan, but, you know, that's because he probably had more experience under his belt by the time he got to be Axel. Mm-hmm. But Did uh, you just, like, hear that and know it? Or yeah, I, I recognized him instantly. I was like, oh, my gosh, nice. it's Axel. <laughs> I love Axel. But, yeah, so that, that, was, uh, that was it. It, uh, I... Uh, was hoping I was going to like it more than I did. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, not a super great experience. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't get orphan to uh, work for me. Uh, (laughs) So I don't have anything to say about it. Really, You're not missing much. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's true for most of these. games. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Ready to rumble boxing round two developed by Midway San Diego published by Midway. Got a 75 on Metacritic. And features such iconic boxing stars as Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jackson. Oh. Um, well, now I'm upset that yeah. I didn't play this one. <laughs> you didn't play this one? No. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it felt fever, fever dream-esque. Um, the, uh, the intro has a mix of like live action and 3D animation, which gave off major Space Jam vibes. And maybe that's because <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal was in the game. Wait, wait, wait. Shaquille O'Neal. No. 
That was Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, uh, what are you saying? <laughs> I have not seen Space Jam. Okay. <laughs> let the, let oh, the record no. show. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I didn't play it too long. Uh, the first person I fought was Shaquille O'Neal. Did he beat you? <laughs> Just like, yeah, he beat me. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Why am I fighting Shaquille O'Neal? Um, apparently the previous game, I assume Ready 2 Rumble Boxing, or maybe Ready 1 Rumble Boxing Round 1. <laughs> was the name but uh it featured uh bill and hillary clinton uh oh my not god named not named just the likeness was it just first like lady the and president? president okay okay yeah, yeah but uh yeah that's kind of the game that's <laughs> that amazing is. it was extremely grunty it's one of those where it's just like constant like every every button you do is letting out a major grunt everyone's grunting no, that's constantly. how you feel immersed you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah that's all I got. That's okay. all I got for Ready to Rumble Boxing. All right. I'm Let's sad I missed it. <laughs> I feel like I would have um, enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially just like a normal right. 2D fighter, mm -hmm. but in a boxing ring. So, yep, that's it. Time Splitters is the next game. This is actually one of the, uh, I think this is, for me, this is a spoiler for later on when we rank these. This is the only game that I thought barely reached to like, almost not mediocre um <laughs> from the launch lineup that's rough developed by free radical design who is um mainly comprised of ex rare members who worked on perfect dark and goldeneye um and playing that you definitely see the inspiration it feels definitely feels like those early um shooters published by idos idiot god I only write these. Published by idiots. So I, <laughs> I think it's idiots. Idos or Eidos? Idiots. It's Idos, right? I don't know. E Eidos. Um, <laughs> 81 on Metacritic. So yeah. Okay. What did... Uh... Oh, you didn't play this one. No, I couldn't. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Dang it, I forgot. That's all right. But yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have too much to say on this. I could definitely have seen me as a child really enjoying this. So... The uh the kind of like the different avenues you have for experiencing the game are just like deathmatch and like some very simple story campaign missions. Um, the campaign is essentially like going around to different parts and times uh, in the world uh, and you go and like retrieve an artifact and bring that artifact back to the start and you just fight enemies along the way. You could do that in co-op or single player. And it controlled correctly by default, which I appreciated. <laughs> like it wasn't some weird use L2 to move forward or something. So that that aspect, very nice. Uh, I enjoyed this a decent amount. It's not, I mean, it's not my, <laughs> I didn't spend more than like 30 minutes with it, but like <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. Right. Comparatively speaking. Yeah. Comparatively yeah. speaking. It's, it's, it's very simple, but it like the foundation of the game controlling and shooting it's fine what a ringing endorsement right <laughs> um yeah did you notice anything from watching um so from the gameplay um i mean like i remember not being like super impressed with the visuals but that's like a common theme with most of these games so like i'm not gonna you know dock points from it because of that yeah um also i don't know if it was like uh i think in the gameplay i watched they were using like in like an ar or something 
Um, <laughs> the shooting sound effect sound effect sounded like it would get grating on my nerves after a while. Uh -huh. uh, okay. It sounded just a, like a, a, a bit much and repetitive. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> that was one thing I definitely took note of. Um, mm -hmm. But and that was it. You know, I thought it looked like a you know standard FPS. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, well, that's all I got for time splitters. Let's move on to Silent Scope, which is a port of an arcade series, I guess. I think this specific game was actually an arcade game at some point. Okay. Uh, developed by Konami, published by Konami. 63 on Metacritic. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it was like decent. I, From my experience with it, I don't have too much to say, so I'll just jump in. I'm like, it... And you don't have anything to say. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, um, it was fine. It was kind of fun. I wonder if there was like light gun support for this, because that would be very interesting. Like have an actual gun and stuff. Yeah. I could see that being fun. I found a review from Major Nelson, who is uh the Xbox guy, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Yeah. But yeah, that's like the most interesting thing. I literally couldn't find the review. It just was like someone referencing the review and the page didn't exist. So I do, have, I, got. I do have a question about the gameplay because I also <laughs> forgot to like look this up and like watch any of it. Um, so when you say it was like pulled from an arcade, was it like the sort of arcade game where you're just sort of like on rails and... Like, yeah, it's an on rails okay, shooter. Okay, okay. Uh, gross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's my Yeah, opinion. you're playing as like a sniper, like moving. So the premise is uh, just like you're trying to rescue the president and the president's daughter <laughs> is or it, something. But it's it's uh, it's just Bill Clinton's likeness, right? Like no. <laughs> it's Bill Clinton's <laughs> likeness from Ready One Rumble Boxing. Right. Um, yeah, and it's it is definitely harder than it should be because of just being a port of an arcade game where it's trying to like get a bunch of quarters out of you or whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> but I didn't yeah, even think about like, that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, and it's got like continues and stuff like that. So definitely, definitely not like a amazing adaptation, but I'm sure for some people this was fun. Right. Like, hey, it's an arcade game yeah. in my house. I feel like this was the generation where we started to actually see stuff like that. So. And I don't have to pay quarters or there's like some idiot trying to shove a quarter into the PS2 and breaking it. <laughs> That's why there's so many freaking broken PS2s on the bay. <laughs> people were animals. <laughs> all right, so that's uh, that's all we got for Silent Scope. Moving on to X Squad, developed and published by EA, sixty four on Metacritic. Morgan, what did you think of X Squad? All right, so uh, what a cast of characters! Oh, uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think there's like it's like a team of four, right? There's like... uh, I think I think I think so. Okay, there's like a main, mm -hmm. um, and they are all very distinct. Um, you of course have like the three men that are varying body types. And then you have the girl whose personality is probably just being a girl. Uh, <laughs> so that's her like character archetype. So, uh, I respect, I respected the attempt to be cinematic. Uh, I felt like the game, uh, took itself very yeah. seriously. Uh, <laughs> you know, with like the <laughs> whole, like, fault, but yeah, yeah. The, oh, like we're super, we're super cool spies and we're going to go, do super cool things and you're like yeah sure um so this one unlike the uh, you know other games i had experiences with the tutorial was good at actually teaching you basic gameplay um so like you know you're in like this um i don't know if it's like the bad guys like secret base or something you're like in these tunnels 
Um, and so, you know, the, for the tutorial, you would like move from room to room and each room would introduce like a new mechanic. Like this is how you interact with elevators and buttons. And this is how, you know, you crouch and this is how you look around corners. I appreciated that. I know that that sounds like the bar is really low. That's because it is. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I thought the controls and handling uh, weren't too bad um, as far as like shooting. Um, there was sort of like a, it's a third person shooter. So um, like as you're like moving around, the uh, your like aiming reticle uh, will actually like snap to targets, but it's like in a good way, like not in the yeah, way that it is more helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it makes it feel like actually like more fun to play. Um, and I also thought it was interesting that uh, they had a lean mechanic where you could uh, like hold a certain button when you're standing mm-hmm. like next to a wall and like actually like, lean around and be like kind of sneaky about it. Um, I don't remember what the button combo was, but I remember it feeling awkward to me. It it was awkward. Yes, I think yeah. it, I think it was. Um, oh shoot! I think would it be like L one? Like you had to hit like L one to stand in place, and then hit another thing yeah. to, to like lean. It, yeah, it was awkward, but I respect the attempt. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and another thing that I liked about it was there was also an attempt to have stealth mechanics. Now, I, I use that term a little bit generously here. Basically, like, oh, if you, like, open fire on a man in this hallway, there's other men that are going to hear that and run out. And, you know, um, and, you know, you could, if you were, like, quiet, you know, and didn't, like, fire your gun all the time and would, like, crouch and, like, sneak up on people, you would get the jump on them, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were also follower mechanics. So, like, uh, at one point you get, like, one of your other squad mates that's, like, walking around with you and you can actually issue commands to them, like, hey uh try and be stealthy or like let's go in loud or you know that sort of thing and i i don't remember if you could actually like tell them to go to a specific like point in the area but like i said an attempt at follower commands an attempt at stealth and i respected that about it um Mm -hmm. so that's my feedback my only note was that one of the characters was named judd (laughs) yes (laughs) to i don't know this game felt like it it gave me vibes of like a game that you would see being played in a movie or TV show. Like it feels like something that would just be like made up for a movie, like X squad. Right. (laughs) Very generic, stereotypical. It really did feel that way. And it's probably because I don't know. It it is. (laughs) There's only one of these that never got a sequel. uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) you were really dying for another X squad, X, X squad two. Maybe it'd just be like Y squad, Y squad or, uh, yeah, yeah. And then Z Squad after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to A. Uh, right. I thought the cutscenes were like funny. It did take itself very seriously in like a it's like like a so bad it's good kind of way. Yes. Uh the lock on aiming was nice, like you mentioned. I thought the controls were a little stiff. Mm-hmm. Um and not in a way that I can really um expound upon because I played this a while ago and I don't remember. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah. I didn't like the reticle snapping back at the, which it didn't really matter because it was so like everything was lock on aiming. But like, right. I felt like I was fighting it a little bit. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember fighting the reticle too much, but. How far did you make it in this game? I only played for like, I think two missions. Oh, well, I played far less than you. (laughs) (laughs) I got uh, there was like a point in the tutorial where it's like activate that all this elevators locked. You have to go unlock it and i was like huh how do i do that and mm-hmm. um i think i went up oh, to like yeah, a second yeah, yeah. i i couldn't like quite figure like it wasn't super clear like what which button was the correct thing to unlock the elevator so i was oh, just yeah. kind of bopping and, uh, around 
roll was the same button as activate so i kept yeah. rolling into yes. crap yes <laughs> i kept doing that too just like rolling into walls um i remember there was like a second floor like a crosswalk above like a room that you had been in previously and i kept rolling off the crosswalk and like having a circle back around <laughs> but that was kind of like my fault i was just being a goober that elevator point was really i was i was maybe like two seconds away from putting the game down <laughs> at that point like you're testing me just... too much <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Right. But yeah, that's all I got for X-Squad. Okay, moving on to Madden NFL 2001, developed by EA, published by EA. Mm -hmm. Metacritic of 91 (laughs) was one of the more well-received games of the launch. Yeah, and it seemed to be, uh, like, out of this launch lineup, I think Madden was probably the game that most people got with their PS2 if they got it at launch. Yes. Yeah. It also launched on previous generations. Um, so I didn't know cross-platform stuff was really a thing at the time. So, But yeah, Morgan, what did you think of this game? Uh, I, uh, On principle, I just kind of refused to play it. So mm. <laughs> mm. I, uh, I couldn't play it. All right. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, most people, everybody should know what Madden is, right? It's, you know. Yeah, if you, if you care about Madden, you know what Madden is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I I put a distinction between me and you. I put couldn't play for me and I put wouldn't play for you. Yes. So very important. Right. All right. You would have. I would I would have. I wouldn't. I would have. It just wouldn't work um, <laughs> with my setup. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for Madden NFL 2001. Let's move on to Gun Griffin Blaze Bacall. I feel like there should be an eagle scream after saying something like an that. An explosion followed by an eagle screech. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, developed by Game Arts as a Metacritic of. Are you? Should I? Uh, hold on. Uh, 73. 73. <laughs> I, I was trying to find it. Um, yeah. This, uh, it's, it's one of these mech shooter games, which is apparently a fairly like prominent genre on like early ps2 games which i'm not aware of i don't think that we currently have too many mech shooters in like modern day gaming uh no this is the third game in the franchise the first two were for sega saturn it takes place in 2016 which i thought was funny yeah it's fun to it's fun to be past what was previously the future in like media and stuff right um but yeah morgan what did you uh what do you think of gun griffin so uh, the intro music uh, sure was something because I made a comment oh, yeah. about where I was like, oh my gosh, this is Darude Sandstorm. There was like a, a certain <laughs> like vibe about it where I was like, oh, is that where this is going? And then it it definitely changed directions because I said, oh, never mind. This is incredibly Japanese. Uh, mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this reminds me of like, you know, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, like anything like Gundam or mech related, obviously. I I did say that you you have to respect the UI design. Um, they didn't have to go as hard with it as they did, but like all of the information on screen makes you like it is to a certain extent immersive. Like it it mm-hmm. feels like a UI that would be present if you were like actually piloting a mech suit, and that's kind of cool. I mean, that's probably part of like the whole experience or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the movement felt 
decent, um, except the <laughs> controls were backwards. I don't remember what was backwards about it. I think the, it was. Uh, I think it was the sticks were backwards. Okay. Yep. That was definitely it because as I was playing, I you know like you play for a little bit, you kind of get used to it, um, and then I would start to think about it too hard again, and then get all messed up and like spin out, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I get lost. I'd have to like re readjust myself and. Yeah, it, it was kind of hard for me to handle. Um, I just played with the controller upside down. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, um, I think that's what Southpaw control schemes usually are, is like the flipped sticks for movement and aim. Okay. And I, I, I'm one of the freaks that plays with an inverted Y-axis, and I'm reminded that it's this generation's fault. Like, every, like all these games have these just weird ass control schemes. And that's why we have all these like holdovers, of, like, right? Southpaw and like flip sticks and bumper jumper. Although that's a different thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> but like flipping the Y axis and stuff, it's all from this generation. Another thing I had issues with was uh, knowing what to do and knowing what to target. Yeah. Uh, the render distance was not super great. And it's true. it was hard to tell where my targets were and what I needed to destroy in order for the mission to end. I failed the first mission and then I just stopped playing because I was like, I didn't know what I was missing. I couldn't. I don't even everything. think I failed it. I think I just You just stopped. stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought I was just treating it like a sandbox, basically. And I was just. Yeah, just going. walking around destroying stuff. Um, there was also a uh, I don't know if you would call it a mechanic, but an option to make your own custom pilot where you could make. The name, your nationality, your gender, age, blood type, height, weight, your sight, whatever that, like, I guess how good you see things. And also your, your sight. Yeah. Your IQ. Maybe um, that's why you had such a, such a low render distance. No, I cranked my sight. I cranked so many of these oh, stats as up. high up as they would go. Yeah. I had an IQ of 300. It was an like, IQ of 300. I wanted to get it to 420, but it wouldn't let me. Um, and I thought that that was interesting because I'm like, uh this doesn't affect the game like at all like it's not displayed anywhere it does nothing for the mechanics as far as i'm aware i was like why did they add this like why is it even here why'd they bother so yeah i, I don't see know. um i see your little screenshot of right. what your character is you're 200 years old yes almost eight feet tall yes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i all the things up to the max i was trying to get some 420s for all of them but it wouldn't let me that's a damn shame. Right. It'd be great if you could like see your character and it was just like clipping through the mech. Just oh, I think I did long. have my weight at 69 kilograms. That was the one thing that I could get to where I was like, I'm hey. happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> what is 69 kg in LB? 150 pounds. So we're talking normal weight. Well, <laughs> so. for almost being eight feet tall, though, I think that's severely oh, yeah, underweight, probably. Probably under, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Skin and bones, <laughs> piloting a mech suit, and I have an IQ of three three hundred, so I'm just like a super genius. Also, an Australian male. Most of male. that weight's probably your brain. Yeah, so. yeah, mm. <laughs> it is. Got anything else for Gun Griffin Blaze before we move on? No. Moving on to ESPN Winter X Games Snowboarding. This was developed by Konami, published by Konami, has a seventy three on Metacritic, and is probably the game I could find the least amount of information for. So interesting. <laughs> Did you uh did you get a chance to see any of this? Uh I didn't play it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing much. Okay. I don't uh, think so. It's got a it's got a it's got a fun intro, like many of these, where it's just early two thousands music, which 
I'm sure me and you can enjoy oh, yeah. um, due to uh, age. So it's just snowboarding from what I can tell. <laughs> Hence the name. It is based off of, I believe, real snowboarders, um, which is cool. Uh, had quite a few and I had no idea what I was doing. All and right. That's all I got. <laughs> is there a reason it's, you didn't know what you were doing? I don't know. I was trying to apply like SSX logic uh, yeah. to this because I had been I had been playing a lot of SSX tricky on the GameCube. Okay. Before jumping into this, and this is less bombastic. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of kind of racing there was a uh, one event where it was like do the like half pipe thing and you're just like doing all these tricks trying to rack it up and i just like kept falling over oh no <laughs> just like couldn't do anything yeah <laughs> it had like zero points it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a strange mode too because you had to like sit there and watch all the computers i'm like this is this is wrong yeah but yeah there's like tricks and racing i don't know if there's much else didn't stick around to find out no all the snowboarders kind of look the same, even though they were like based off people, which is... Oh, dear. Well, maybe all snowboarders in real life look the same. You don't know. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, it was probably a probably a technical limitation. I'll give it to them. Yeah. They only had so many polygons they, to work they with. They tried. It was just, you know, man with brown hair. Right. Man with slightly more brown hair. You know? <laughs> so, yep. That's, uh, yeah, that's all I got for ESPN Winter X Games Snowboarding. Moving on. To um, another game with X in the title, <laughs> um, Street Fighter X, oh, EX3. Jeez, developed by uh, Akira. How do you say that? Arika. Arika. Eureka. Erica. I don't know. <laughs> Published by Capcom, sixty-four on Metacritic. Uh, the final game in the EX series of Street Fighter. Morgan, do you have anything? <laughs> No, 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 no. no. I, yeah, not equipped to. Uh, I I knew how unequipped I was to judge fighting games, so I <laughs> I kind of just didn't. I just didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I, I played it. I'm like, yes, yeah, fighting game. Honestly, if you put like the, I think there's three fighting games other than like Ready to Rumble. I put time into one of them. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get to that. Right, right, right. I don't. I'm not sure I could tell the difference between any of these. I could probably ref. I could probably recognize. Um, Ryu and Chun Li okay. as being Street Fighter, but that's it. Okay, gotcha. Yep, those yeah, are other than like that, iconic, I, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I played it. I'm like, I guess it's good. And then I looked <laughs> online, and it was like, oh, I guess it's bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's all I got for Street Fighter EX3. Moving on to Evergrace. Oh boy. Um, developed by From Software, published by From Software. Has a 59 on Metacritic, so quite the stinker of its time. <laughs> um, brought to North America by Angeic. Age Tech. Yes. <laughs> Age Tech. Yeah. If you sound it out, you know, split the word in half and sound it out. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to roast you, but that's funny. <laughs> um, and this is uh, this is the same publisher um developer combo for eternal ring which is another rpg on the launch lineup this game was originally developed um with the intent of releasing on the ps1 as well uh that makes sense it was quickly canceled oh. and i can't help but wonder if that um influenced some design choices or maybe limited the game in some aspect but yeah 
that's uh that's all I got for the research section. What did you think of this game, Morgan? Oh boy, do I have some thoughts. This is another one. Uh, so I, when I was looking through the launch lineup, I was looking at you know like developers and publishers and that sort of thing. I uh, like Orphan, but for different reasons. I quickly latched onto this one because I saw that from software name, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the Dark Souls, the Bloodborne. The Elden Ring people, this is going to be hype. I bet this is going to be great. It's going to be hype. Right. Let's go. Right. Uh, I Within the first, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds, that was quickly squashed and into the dust and yeah. pulverized. Um, okay. So I just want to say the the first like nanosecond, as soon as that soundtrack picks up, the game opens up, you know, what's, you know, you're on like the main menu, you hear the music. It's already like a strain on your sanity. Um, it really is. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> twangy. Um, th- it so sounds twangy. like, I have in my notes, the music sounds like if you took a woman's voice and tried to edit it to sound like a swarm of locusts. It's <laughs> so echoey and warbly and just, it's like, I- I'm not even gonna, I could impersonate it, but I'm not going to just because... I respect myself too much. Anyway. <laughs> we respect the listeners too. You're right. Welcome. Right. Yeah. I picked, uh, I think you picked the, was his name Darius or something? <laughs> Call him Darren. Darren. Okay. <laughs> it started with a D. I picked Charlene because I was like, oh, a woman. Sure. I'll go with that. Um, the voice <laughs> acting. Uh, I don't know about your side of the story that you saw, but on my side, everybody sounded like uh, speech to text bots. So, like, you know, she would say mm-hmm. something and there would be no inflection. Like, what do you mean? We are, oh, no, everything is wrong. And it's just not, like, it's just not good. Um, yeah. I didn't have a guide pulled up. I was just sort of, like, going. Because I was happy to, I was excited to explore the world. So, I started the game. I spent 20 minutes running around uh, trying to kick the first enemies you encounter. I didn't have any weapons. So, I was just kicking like a mad woman. Um, I died. <laughs> Uh, multiple times without ever getting to visit a save point and so that meant I had to restart the entire game and try and skip through the opening cutscenes as fast as possible it was miserable um yes I ran into a priest NPC I thought it was interesting that she info dumped the same way a Dark Souls NPC does where she just starts rambling about nonsense that like is important to the world but you don't really know anything about the world so you're just kind of like oh yeah okay Mm. Um, I eventually found another NPC near a sword. You know, you think it's an RPG. There's an old man with a sword. He's going to give you the sword. No, that did not happen. I had, I still had no weapons. I just, at that point, I had been playing the game for like 20 or 30 minutes, um, (laughs) which is, I don't know how I managed to stay sane for that long. Uh, but I thought I was like, oh, this is just like, uh, a helpless woman simulator. (laughs) Like, I'm supposed to be incapable of fighting anything, I guess, because the game hadn't given me any weapons or anything. Um, now, can I interject real quick? Yes. Did we... Did So I played the man, you played the woman. Was there, like, a different start to the game? I assumed on- there would be. I don't actually know. So, like, my game started with... There's, like... I'm, like, laying on a bed, and there's, like, some woman taking care of you, and then... No. You walk out the door and then the hut explodes and there's like an evil man there and then I don't oh. know. Yeah. I yeah, think it's two not, different stories. I started in like a desert. Oh, okay. Then that's yeah, I was in like a forest area. 
I got a sword immediately. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Okay. At some point while exploring, I saw a sign pointing at a body of water. And somewhere in my little gamer brain, I was like, oh, I bet that's a trick. It's like it, there's an invisible bridge there. I don't know why I thought that. I was convinced. I hopped <laughs> off the edge of the map and immediately drowned and died. And I still hadn't reached a save point, so I had to restart everything. I thought that that, that <laughs> yeah, was... I almost... I, yep. Did you almost Had a do? similar experience. Okay. <laughs> I thought, because, you know, Dark Souls does that too, right? I shouldn't have been even comparing this to Dark Souls, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, we really take for granted, like, autosaves and crap. <laughs> right. Eventually, I got so fed up that I pulled up a guide. I was like, I have to be doing something wrong. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Um, apparently, on the starting, in the starting room, the little, like, bed, there's a bow sitting on the bed. Oh. And it was like the same tan and white sort of color as the bed. So I didn't see it. So that whole time I was kicking things and getting slaughtered. I was supposed to have a bow with me that I could just shoot from far away and like kill things in one hit. And I, it nearly broke me emotionally. Yeah. Um, so I found a bow. I got a pot that I could put on my head, like a helmet. I was like, okay, I've, you know, followed the guide. I got to the first dungeon, got killed by an octopus, and then I set the controller down, turned it off, and I don't want to go back to it. <laughs> I would like to take a look. I don't, I, I really am confused by like the, um, and maybe this was due to the console having a delayed release in North America. Um, it's just very strange that there's two from software RPGs releasing at the same time. Right. I thought that was weird, too. You're, like, competing with yourself. Right. I I played as the man, so I started in, like, a deserty area, and there was a sword that I started with just, like, next to me, stuck in the ground. There was, like, a fairy lady that, like, woke me up, and it was just, like, some incredible translated stuff. <laughs> um, it looked, like, visually looked better than I was expecting. I thought the world was pretty bland. The music it, was yeah, repetitive. Yeah, it was. Definitely still trying to figure out the 3D controls. Uh, the weirdest thing with this game, control-wise, was using the analog buttons to like determine how powerful your attack was. Yes. Um, analog buttons as a concept are extremely questionable, flawed, or whatever. Uh, and this is like the only game that I know of that like uses them, and you could turn them off. So yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for this. You got anything else to add? No, except, well, one thing. So the analog button option did confuse me for a while because I was like, mm -hmm. this was before I had a new, or before I figured out I was supposed to have a bow to fight enemies. I was like, maybe my kicks are so weak because I don't have analog buttons to make my kicks stronger. No, oh, yeah. I was just supposed to have a bow. <laughs> I wonder how that works. I guess there's no analog input. Maybe it's like a full send every time. Like maybe it's just like I yeah I think it power. was because there was like a little meter where it would show you how strong your button presses were or whatever and it was like mm -hmm. max every single time I pressed it so yeah I don't know I don't know like what the freaking point of I don't know like because you could turn it off is what I'm saying like yeah I think it's just spaghetti at the wall uh, like yeah basically <laughs> seeing, like oh what if we did this is this worthwhile I don't know let's put it in <laughs> well because like. It's basically asking, do you want to smash your controller like an ape? Right. Or do you just want to press it like a normal person and right. have it do the maximum amount of damage? Right. I would um, like to play like an ape, please. <laughs> Me like smash like ape. Right. Like, is there any, is there any, I wonder if there's like any point 
to like some level of finesse in the game. I don't know. I who knows. And like from like fan feedback that I had seen about the game, it seemed like there were people that were like fond of the game. Um, yeah, I'm not one of them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great like start to the podcast. We're just like <laughs> just trashing everything, trashing everything. Right. Like <laughs> taking well, 28 games and throwing them in the dumpster. Yeah. So moving on from Evergrace, next on the list is Eternal Ring. Again, developed by FromSoft, published by FromSoft. Same thing with Age Tech, as I am now informed <laughs> it is pronounced. Um, they did the uh, like translation and localization, or published it in North America. 62 on Metacritic, so just slightly better. Right. <laughs> um, what did you think of Eternal Ring? So I played Eternal Ring um, right after I, uh, like the last game I played was Evergrace. So mm -hmm. I was just going in back to back. So the first thing I noticed was uh, the visuals are not great. Um, you can tell that, I mean, it's sort of like the same across all these games. You can tell that they just really did not know what the PS2 hardware was capable of. Either that or, I mean, I'm sure it's like a mixture of like them not knowing like how to um, optimize use of the hardware, but also like the technology that they were probably developing these games with also was not as you know, mm -hmm. advanced. Um, it's also worth mentioning, just to add to that, uh -huh. the PS2 was actually fairly difficult to develop for, as far as I'm aware. Okay, interesting. Um, people got pretty good with it because it was just the game. It was the system that people had. So right. People got familiar, but I remember hearing someone like doing like a breakdown of like the PS2 and everything, and they said that it was pretty difficult to develop for. So yeah, maybe that's part of huh. it. Okay, that is that's that's super interesting. So after playing Evergrace, I was so relieved to uh, listen to the music of this game. In fact, I said that it slaps. <laughs> it, I said it sounds like uh, 1700s royal court drama, and I am here for it. Uh, which oh, yeah. It, it very it was, much yeah. does. Uh, it's mm -hmm. got like a, um, I don't know, I, uh, what's it called? Is it a pianoforte? That I'm thinking of, or I don't know. There's like a, a specific like piano or organ that sounds like a 1700s. You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so the controls, on the other hand, uh, do not slap. Um, I gave up on using analog sticks entirely. I just walked around using the arrow buttons because it, something about it was breaking my brain. I don't remember if they oh, were yeah. flip flopped again. I was baffled that looking up and down was L2 and R2. Yeah, I didn't know you could. I, oh. I was like, oh, I guess you can't look up and down <laughs> yeah, in this game. No, no you can't. <laughs> I, I, I noted that if it was just controlled like a normal FPS, that it would have been so much better. Mm -hmm. um, I stand by that. And I don't know if there was a way to change the control scheme. I didn't really look into it or anything like that. The combat, funnily enough, uh, reminded me of Oblivion in that I don't know if you've ever <laughs> played Oblivion all that much. Um, not, not past the... Uh... I remember I've played Oblivion twice. Okay. Um, I quit as soon as I got to the lockpicking section in the tutorial because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, the lockpicking in Oblivion <laughs> is special. But in this game, um, the way I was like handling the combat um, was like, much like Oblivion, you uh, run forward and try to time it with your attack swing and then just quickly back away. So mm -hmm. you're just doing like this awkward little dance of like swing and then run away and swing and then run away. Um, so that because like enemies have like a long wind up period before they'll like try and smack you or whatever. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was not uh, 
not a lot, not much uh, strategy to it. Kind of mindless, you know. The first dungeon, because looking up and down is so difficult. Whenever, and I, you wouldn't know this since you didn't know that you could look up and down, but enemies would like drop something. Yes. So you would kill them. They would drop something. Then you had to stop and like fiddle with L2 and R2 to like actually like look down and then tap A on it or sorry, X on it to pick it up. Okay. So I saw them dropping things because I could, you know, from a distance, you see stuff on the ground. Yeah. I just had to like guess. <laughs> I was just like walking over it, spamming X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, if you actually like took the time to like position yourself and then look down at it you could pick it up that way which it was so (laughs) slow and clunky to like such a slow and clunky way to look around in the first dungeon since you can't easily like look at your feet it was hard to um like know where your feet were on the ground so i died to the instant death water in the first dungeon i like accidentally walked (laughs) off a bridge and died immediately and i was like okay well i kind of hate that how far did you make it uh so you you start on that boat like the fisherman takes you yes to like some island yes to, to, this is the island of no return right something. <laughs> yeah something stupid and there's just a freaking dragon in the background that no one notices yes so you go through that cave you go to the village uh-huh area uh-huh did you go past that no uh so okay. i got to the village and it the way that they did this kind of like blows my mind. I don't know why they made this decision. I don't know if it was like a funky balancing issue that they were trying to like correct in this weird way. But so Mm -hmm. you go to the first town, you find this man uh, and you like give your like orders to him or something. And then he takes your sword away from you and was like, oh yeah, you don't need this. Go to the requisition guy in the warehouse and get yourself a new weapon. And I was like, okay. So you took away my sword and It took me forever because none of the buildings are labeled. Nothing is like labeled. It took me forever to find the correct building. And then I had to pull up a guide to figure out that I had to go into my inventory, select the requisition order, and then use it on the NPC. Like click like use when I was standing next to the NPC to use it on him for him to give me a knife that was crappier than the sword that they had just taken away from me. And I was like, bruh. And then I quit. (laughs) I'm so glad. I I'm glad I gave up on that because I literally never would have figured that out. Like there yeah. was, aside from looking it up, there was no hope of me just naturally figuring out that I had to go into my menu to get it. Yeah. African no, I had to. I had to look it up because I was like, uh, uh, like I know that this building is most likely the warehouse, but I would like talk to the NPC and he wouldn't do anything, and I'm like, okay, what am I like? You know, and like the, when you're talking to NPCs, there was no like dialogue selection options or anything like you would find in a modern standard RPG. It was uh, a bit obtuse is what I said in my notes. So Mm -hmm. do you remember the, uh, I I can't remember exactly what he said, but you like come to that town and I guess you're like looking for the captain and they're like, yeah, he sleeps. He just sleeps all the time. (laughs) He, so for a long time, I thought I was supposed to, because he has a sword that's like plainly sitting next to him. And I was like, well, am I supposed to steal his sword then since you took mine away? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, couldn't get it. And I didn't know if like, if I could attack NPCs and what would happen. I thought about it, but then I, you know, I just didn't. <laughs> oh, I tried. I don't oh, think I could. Okay. I think I tried and I don't think it let me do it. Okay. That's funny. But yeah, like as soon as I'm about to be done with the game, I'm like, okay. Let's go crazy. Right. Let's try to break it or something stupid. <laughs> Let's start attacking right. the, the guards. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to add based off what you said. I said, <laughs> I called the main character. I 
in reference to the main character, I put all these brand link looking ass. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he <laughs> look, he's like got a green tunic and like tan pants and a boots and stuff. Yeah. Like, this is this is Link. I think he's got blonde hair. He too. does. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the the subtitles were very necessary for that fisherman at the beginning of the game because I had no idea. There was no hope of me trying to discover what he was doing. Um, oh, I forgot the fisherman got eaten by the dragon. That's incredible. <laughs> I don't think I even realized that that happened. I think I was just like, I don't know if I was in La La Land when that cutscene was playing or what. I remember looking at the water texture and it was just like the same one foot cube of water that was clearly oh just replicated. God. And I was like, huh, that looks like something. that's great yeah oh also Um, i thought it sucked uh from like a level design perspective i thought it sucked the only save point i could find was like right i think it was like the first left turn in that first cave and there was mm -hmm. no save point like in the village itself i was like why is there not a save point here you mean if i want to save the game i have to walk all the way back through that starting cave and go Mm -hmm. save i don't know i don't know if these are like early from soft games i mean they're early but like if there's some of the first games that they made or what but they are uh They've had quite the glow up. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the only other thing I have on my notes is complaining about the the movement yeah. and stuff. I, fe- I too felt like it had potential if the movement was just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. This could have been something I actually was able to tolerate. But yeah, that's that's all I got. You have any last uh, words for Eternal Ring? No. Or should we move on? Uh, the ring is not eternal. Yes. <laughs> I like that there was like literally something called the Eternal Ring. Yeah. I always love when that's right. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like when they say the title of the movie in the movie and you're like, whoa. (laughs) That's good stuff. Moving on to another From Software game. (laughs) Um, Armored Core 2 uh, developed and published by From Software somehow. Somehow they put out three games for the launch lineup in North America. I, I, these must have been more spaced out for like the Japanese region, but uh, probably, yeah, yeah. Brought to America by Age Tech. Actually, the fourth game in the Armored Core series, which I always this is like a Final Fantasy situation, oh, or not no. Final Fantasy, a uh, Kingdom Hearts situation. Yeah, yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of Armored Core Two? Um, so I, I noticed that our first bullet point for both of our notes. <laughs> I like how we start with the same phrasing. Um, I, I basically just copied you because okay. I wanted to. <laughs> I, fig- I figured you did. So my first bullet point, I'm just going to read this. I said, okay, what is it with From Software Games in this launch lineup that just have an info dump text scroll at the start? <laughs> this was the case. Uh, Evergrace tried to give you like this text scroll thing. or No, I think it was narrated actually, where it's like info dumping about these like countries that are at war and they all have like really dumb names. And it's like, I'm not going to remember this because... How can I? Um, <laughs> Eternal Ring did something similar. Um, and then Armored Core is like, you know, like, oh, the year is this year in the future. And humans are have to run around in these mech suits to survive, blah, 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 or like something like that. And I'm like, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And Dark Souls kind of does the same thing, except now they have, you know, a pretty cinematic happening in the background. Oh, okay. With these games, it was just black screen, white text, info dump, go. And it's like, why are we doing this? Um, I, I, aren't the, uh, I have not played many Dark Soul games, but mm-hmm. aren't they pretty obtuse? Like as far as story and stuff? Like um, kind of just get dumped in a world and you're just going? Yeah. A, a lot of it is like either environmental or you get super vague, like context clues from NPCs and from um, like the uh, descriptions of like weapons and items you find. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, from like, 
in terms of like environmental storytelling, it's cool, but to to find and to understand what's actually going on, um, it takes a little bit of uh, effort. Like you have to go out of your way to find it, sort of a thing. Um, right. So uh, I thought the aesthetics were fine. The I said the intro video looks pretty detailed. I think like from a visual standpoint, you know, there was like clearly a lot of effort put into it. That was cool. Uh, but the control scheme had similar issues to everything else on this list, um, including uh, something it shared with Eternal Ring was that you had to look up and down with L2 and R2. It's just so unintuitive. It's very unintuitive. So I wasn't too enamored with it. Um, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I similar to the other from software games i just could not get behind the control scheme i got destroyed i thought it was funny that it's like um that like tutorial guy is like and if you do and if you fail you die and then you're just going (laughs) and i like had no idea how to control anything there's no like tutorial like easing you into it and i was just getting shot by some robot and i couldn't figure out how to move and aim and i was just like what's going on right i think i remember i don't remember the exact like button combination you had to press but there was like a funky thing where it's like okay like you're locked down to the enemy and now you have to like do this dumb thing that strafe side to side and that's how you like dodge the majority of like the enemy bullets or whatever and i kept Mm -hmm. i also kept like getting like stuck or lost or like having a hard time controlling myself but i did beat Mm -hmm. the first mission but it was not it wasn't fun so yeah no i put in my notes that i got my ass whooped (laughs) (laughs) and quit so you got anything else to add armored core before we move on nope okay moving on from armored core 2 to smugglers run developed by angle angel dang it okay (laughs) angel studios Published by Rockstar Games. Um, has a 79 on Metacritic. They did go on to make a sequel to this game, Smuggler's Run 2. There was a GBA game as well, I believe. And there was a uh, GTA Online DLC named after it as well. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. And that is the legacy of Smuggler's Run. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yep. This is one of the only games I remember actually playing in the PS2 era. I remember playing it. I don't remember playing it like i don't I like jumping back into it now i'm like i have no idea what's going on i don't yeah. remember any of this but yeah you made a note of the girlfriend dialogue thing yes i found out you can actually turn her off okay good <laughs> because i was getting like uncomfortable oh yes so she was yeah so for for everybody at home i suppose uh so <laughs> as you're playing the game there's like, uh, I don't know if you want to call her like a narrator, a tutorial voice. There's this lady and she is like, she compliments to an extreme degree. It feels like everything you do, like you go yes. pick up something and she's like, oh, you did that so good, baby. And I'm like, why are you, please stop talking to me like this. I was like, don't call me baby. Why does it sound like the microphone is in your mouth? I don't, I need you to leave me alone so I can be a smuggler. She was getting turned on by your illegal activities. Yes. Everything she said sounded like, uh, you know, it was like kind of in a bedroom tone or it yeah. sounded like it could have been an innuendo. I was like, please just <laughs> shut up. So uh, from a gameplay perspective, I, I didn't have any problems with like, um, like driving around. Like it was, you know, you're in a car. Yay, go fast. Do, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like um, though, like, just the fact that it is exclusively driving between checkpoints, basically, yeah. at least for the chunk that I played, it feels like 
they took the concept of being a smuggler and they boiled it down to something that is a bit too like bland or like it doesn't it, yeah. there's just not a lot going on i mean it literally is like the gameplay does not really reflect what you are doing you are just yes you are like you're, the game is driving point to point exactly you could put any any setting behind that right exactly and i think there's like a timer like you have to try and get to the checkpoints in a certain amount of time or whatever and i think you get paid yeah. don't you get paid depending on like uh, i think based off how much damage you take while yes, you're moving yes. the stuff and yeah i thought uh i did get to the point in the game where it starts to like introduce more challenges um so like where they have like the cop cars that like set up roadblocks and like mm -hmm. chase you <laughs> i said the cops chasing you get annoying because the sirens are going off constantly yeah and uh they aren't very competent um the last chunk the last like mission i played uh <laughs> they the game started like putting like civilians or whatever in my path I got to the last checkpoint and a cop car drove, sped past me and plowed into a crowd of people and sent them <laughs> flying. And I laughed out loud because I was like, you just destroyed like 12 people. Yeah. It was really funny. It was funny that like the majority of like, I guess I only played like the first 20-ish minutes. Yeah. It's all taking place in that one setting around that one tiny town. It's like yes. this poor town. There's not a lot going just, on. No. <laughs> these these poor rectangle houses they what are the these people have to live through so much just constant illegal activities happening in their area right <laughs> there's not i i mean i found it mildly enjoyable even if it was like just point to point racing oh yeah there but, wasn't anything that was like frustrating about it really like it wasn't like this control scheme sucks or you know it was it was fine for what it mm -hmm. is you know i felt like it, it just worked you know it was just a racing game that was just there <laughs> right um but yeah i think i also made a note so there's a game farther down the list i think it's midnight club street racing i think that was also made by rockstar but we'll get to that in a bit but um yeah. it feels like so similar like smugglers run and midnight racing or midnight club street racing whatever feels so similar where it's like okay it, it might have been worth more of your time to just kind of slap them together and like make the smuggling mm, maybe yeah. like a mini game part of the other i don't know Mm -hmm. that's just an idea but yeah that's true same developer right and publisher so yeah all right anything i don't have anything to add to smugglers run do you nope moving on from smugglers run to nhl oh yeah nhl 2001 um developed by ea canada published by ea sports 85 on metacritic morgan what did you think of this game? Oh my gosh. I'm actually excited. I, I couldn't believe that I would be so excited to talk about a sports game, but it Me too. the experience we had was so funny. And it anyway, okay. So the the intro, a lot of nostalgia there, you know, seeing like crappy, crappily modeled PS2 people. Um mm -hmm. the music, uh something about the 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 opening song and the musicians like vocals, lead singer vocals reminded me of Nickelback. Yeah. My fiance insisted it sounded nothing like Nickelback, but I was like, no, I'm telling you, I hear Nickelback in there. I I yeah. yeah. I mean I I put that I like the uh the music and then I saw your notes that you like <laughs> Lamau sounds like Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have made you question some things. Yeah. I don't know. Um okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, our, our notes are, are very similar for this game. So uh, much. I don't want to steal. I mean, if you want to talk about your gameplay experience, 
Uh, yeah, okay. so I love that the national anthem plays at the start of each match. That's a nice little touch. I wish it was the full thing. Yeah. Um, or was it? The, I can't remember. So playing the game within about two minutes, I <laughs> two minutes of playing the game, I was like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. <laughs> and I was like, am I just controlling like one of these guys? And if I don't have the puck, I just don't do anything. I got to the point where I just set the controller down and it was like, yeah, it's playing itself. And it, I'm just watching a hockey game. <laughs> um, and that's about when I quit. And then I saw that you ran into the same issue. Right. So. Right. So I was playing the game. My fiance was watching me play over my shoulder and we were both like, man, this is just like watching a hockey game. He was like, are you like doing anything? And I was over there mashing buds going to town. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. And I would just like to point out that um, the score I I was playing or I suppose rooting for, I don't know, let's just say the blue team. I forget what they who they actually were. And then there was the opposing team. And my team, was it was two to zero. So like I was winning by two points. And then at some point I paused it and Sage was like, oh, how about you check the like controls or whatever in the settings to see if like you're just missing something. And that's when I found out when you start the game and the game starts playing, you have to pick a team and I hadn't picked any team. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. So, so, so Clayton definitely wasn't playing the game. And I also wasn't either for 10 whole minutes and I didn't know. So, uh, after <laughs> that, I, <laughs> I selected, of course, the team that was winning that's what I had set my controller to. I started playing, you know, I was sort of moving around doing some things. I figured out how to shoot. Uh, and then I also immediately started to lose. So <laughs> they were better off without me. I should have just let it keep running like a hockey simulator. Because mm. I guess that is an option. I never figured it out. So I just, I stopped before I, yeah. But um, this would be the perfect like little brother game. Yes. Like sibling game where you could just like, you could you know, plug in their controller and just make sure they don't pick the team. And then you just tell them they're playing the other team. Uh, it's perfect. Right. Good times. Okay. So that's, that's all. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really funny that you had the same issue. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also, I didn't look into it at all. So I'm glad you figured out what the issue was. I know. Well, and it, it was just because I think we like, I had to pause the game to go do something else. And then I came back to it like quite a while later. And then that's when I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> So if I hadn't even like paused the game ever, I would have never known. <laughs> and I wasn't doing anything. That's great. Okay. Yes. Uh, anything else to add to NHL 2001 before we move on? Nope. Moving on to Wild Wild Racing. Developed by Rage Software Limited. 64 on Metacritic. Uh, I see that you don't have any notes for this. Uh, I um, don't think either one of us could play it. I couldn't play it either. All right. uh, I watched some videos of it. It looks perfectly mediocre okay <laughs> moving on from wild wild racing okay. to uh espn international track and field a sleeper hit of this launch lineup i must add oh it is yes um, okay developed by konami i assume published by konami too 72 on metacritic uh the metacritic user i forgot i put this uh metacritic user jock km gave it a 10 out of 10 Said best game ever. Two little carrot signs. Okay. Honestly, one of my favorite things about the PS2's like massive launch library combined with the uh, large install base is that so many people have these like crazy obscure games that they just remember and love. And I love that 
Jockum N on Metacritic loves this game so much. Aww, uh, I see that you don't have any notes for this. No, well, so, so, just... so here's the thing. I cheated. I read your notes that said essentially a mini game collection. I was like, oh, hell no, nah, I'm not playing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Have you played any of the uh, Mario and Sonic in the Olympic Games? Nope, because I know that I would hate them. <laughs> very similar. Okay. It's very similar to that. And that it's just a mini game collection okay. of like Olympic game stuff. But apparently they're Most, good. I mean, it's okay. It's fun. Ten out of ten. Oh yeah, according to him, it's the best game ever. Mm-hmm. I I'm just first of all blown away that someone made a Metacritic account, got on, just called this game the best game ever. Like, I want to interview this person. <laughs> maybe maybe real- it's a bot that ESPN <laughs> paid for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has some horrendous like Toy Story three Pixar. Like early 3D animation feeling stuff going on in that intro, which I loved. Oh, good. So yeah, it's a it's like a mini game collection. Most of them, unfortunately, are just kind of button mashers. Mm. <laughs> but uh, like the running stuff, it's like mash to run, and I honestly I could not do it. I was getting like carpal tunnel just trying to oh, no. come in third place. But like trap shooting, I played that one. I'm like, hey, this is fun. You like call the little disc to fly out, and you try to shoot them. It's like, hey, this is fun. I got last place. Oh. <laughs> the AI is ruthless in all these. So. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Not for the faint of heart. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to elaborate on with this one. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> right. But yeah, I guess we'll move right on to Tech and Tag Tournament. Developed by Namco, published by Namco. 85 on Metacritic. It is a port of an arcade game. Uh, I was surprised to hear that this game sold 400,000 copies in its first four days. And I don't really have like a uh, like a real concept of like whether or not that's good or bad for the time, but it sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's pretty good for the time. Mm-hmm. I think it went on to sell. I, I didn't write this down, uh-huh. but I think I remember seeing it went on to sell like 1.4 million by the time it was all said and done. Oh, okay. Which is it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this one is well received. I was confusing it with another one. Again, oh. like just no real idea comparing these fighting games i'm like i played it i'm like that's fun <laughs> i guess that's good uh this is uh the one where i played as like a tiger man and that's all i got to say oh furry simulator <laughs> yeah basically moving on i see you haven't played this like run of games so i'm like running out of breath i couldn't get summoner to work <laughs> that's okay uh the next game on the list moving on from tech and tag tournament uh summoner Developed by Volition, which I don't know if you know this, but is, they're based in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, oh. I think the studio is no longer operational. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but they're, they, until like recently. Oh, um, really? Let me look them up. So yeah, um, they did Red Faction, Saints Row. Oh, really? Oh, they were acquired by THQ Nordic when they filed for bankruptcy. That's it. Uh, Wait, no, no. Wait, I'm, no, I'm no, no. They're now a deep silver. Up. They're deep silver Volition now. Yes. Okay. okay. I was I was jumbling those words. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they made that Agents of Mayhem game, which I'm you may have heard of or may not have. It was essentially like an Overwatch hero shooter okay. kind of ripoff. Uh not super well received. But yeah, champagne based. So not too far from us. And a fellow Illinoisian. 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 Yeah. Uh yeah. Published by THQ. There was a sequel, Summoner 2, released in 2002. Uh, when THQ went bankrupt, the Summoner IP was um, sold to Nordic. 
So we could see a summer to three anytime here. <laughs> Just saying. Now, excuse me as I kind of read through my notes to remember. <laughs> remember your what, experience? What this game is. I couldn't really tell from your <laughs> notes. Uh, because I was like trying to like look at them to get a sense. I also could have like looked up the gameplay on YouTube, but I just okay. I did not play this one very okay. I this was a pretty quick quit for me. Okay. Um, just mainly complaining about the controls. Uh, I don't know if you had the same issue, but I felt like the dead zone, like for the analog sticks, was were like super sensitive. Okay. Uh, I don't think I noticed for, like, that most most of these games. Like I noticed my character like drifting or the camera drifting. I tested it out on like the two PS2 controllers I have, which granted are secondhand and mm. <laughs> unknown condition, but uh, they seem fine. Like the sticks seem like they should. They're in decent condition, snapping back and everything, but a lot of drifting happening. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just like, I don't know. People didn't know how to like program dead zones and stuff because this is still like early in having analog sticks. So Yeah. Uh, quit pretty early. It looked like it had some like potential. You start out in like this burned village, and your like organization is like trying to hunt you down, and you're just like moving around to this. I couldn't get behind the combat. I don't. I so what? I what think what genre is the game? Oh, <laughs> this is probably my least played game, Morgan. I gotta okay. be honest. So, so you don't? Do you not know? I th- let me look it up. I don't think it was like real time combat. I think it was turn based stuff. Okay. I couldn't figure out what I was doing Summoner. and quit. <laughs> okay. Oh, it looks kind of like an RPG. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. I feel bad that we don't have too much more to say oh, on this. That's but okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, it's considered an RPG. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it feels similar to the other two as far as like tone. I don't know. But... <laughs> uh, one guy named George S. gave it a zero. He says, I bought this game for 15 euros and it was the worst game I have ever played on any sort of game <laughs> system. It is slow. It is so boring. Uh, Man, George, has, please. They're already dead. It has please. no good fighting. Moves. No. And moves and is one word. I know it's not supposed to be, but it has terrible graphics. George, no, please. Think of their think of their families. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually read that review weirdly enough. That was in two thousand three. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's all I got for Summoner. All righty. <laughs> well, Moving on. Literally, the most interesting thing about them is that the developers are geologically right. near us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Swing Away Golf is the next game, developed by T and E Software. No idea. Nope. Published by EA. Seventy eight on Metacritic. Morgan, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't play it. It didn't work for me. <laughs> I tried because I saw okay. your. I saw your notes and I laughed and I wanted to know. I wanted to know what the deal was. I was getting extremely agitated. At this game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a. It, it it feels like a very Japanese golf game as far as like aesthetic and characters. Oh, okay. It's kind of in depth as far as like spin and curve and stuff okay and it tries to teach you all this in the tutorial and there is this lady who if you mess up even slightly is like i'm sorry that wasn't good can you please do it again and eventually if you suck so bad they're like well that wasn't great but i think we need to move on oh my god it's just like 
the most unforgiving, like cruelest experience I've ever had in a <laughs> golf game. Okay. Um, so like most golf games, it's like a meter, you know, it's like, you know, initiate, you know, and you like watch the meter fill up and you got to time right. it, like get the most power or whatever. Right. Dude, there was such a slim margin of error for like whether or not that shot was good or bad in her eyes. And I'm just trying to please her this whole time <laughs> and I just can't. So that's all I got to say. Um, I, I would like to point out, I have another zero uh, rating on me- Metacritic by Games Radar, and it says... <laughs> A mess of half-arsed ideas, evil loading times, and a pace that's shockingly sedate. Said it? I don't know. Sadistic? No. Like, um... Sedentary? Like when you're sedated, like, slow. Yeah. I guess sedate. (laughs) I don't know how to say that. Why don't I know how to say that word? (laughs) Okay. I really wanted to like this game. I was very excited to see a golf game on here. But, yeah. Okay. Okay, moving on. Yes. Fantavision. Moving uh, on from oh. Swing Away Golf to Fantavision. Uh, Wikipedia considers this a puzzle game. It's developed by Sony Computer Entertainment Japan. So this is a first-party release for the system. Um, Metacritic is sitting at a 72. Which, which I am shocked by. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to believe that anyone figured out how to play this game. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I'll just, I'll just pass it to you. Okay. What did you think? So uh, right off the get-go, like when, when the game first you know, begins. Uh, the first, like, visuals you get are this, like, little girl. And then, isn't it like an old man walks up to her? Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like 50s, 50s kind of aesthetic. Right, and I was like, what is happening? And then, you know, it plops you in the menu. And, you know, you have, like, I think there's, like, several options for, like, how to play the game. I don't even remember what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a tutorial section, and it had four sections to it, you know, like basics, advanced, and then it would go on from there. And I'm like, uh, heck no, I'm not sitting through four tutorials. I'm just going to wing it because if this game is so great, I should be able to figure it out on my own. And then I did not. <laughs> um, yep. I, I couldn't tell if it had. Uh, so, so basically what the game looks like, because it's it's an enigma. It is the most enigmatic thing on this list. It's impossible. It really is. To, to like put a finger on what exactly is happening. But you have like a, a like a backdrop of like a city or whatever. And there's like these fireworks shooting up. And I guess you have like your little, I don't want to say cursor. Because I think it like automatically locks on. Or do you have to steer over to the fireworks? I don't remember. I think you like. Does it like snap to them or something? I think it snaps to them. Okay. Um, and then you like trigger the explosion, I guess. And then you have to bounce between fireworks with like this little laser line that shows up around the firework you just did and you have to like jump between them but i don't Mm -hmm. know if you have to match them by colors i couldn't figure it out i didn't i i couldn't be bothered honestly definitely so like the best way i could think of to describe it was i'm assuming the intent of the game is to get you into like this zen state where you're just destroying all these fireworks or whatever so it's like, yeah. uh, think of like Tetris Effect, how, how Tetris Effect is kind of like a Zen experience with like the visuals and the colors and everything that's going on, uh, except uh, minus all of the Tetris Effect charm. So like yeah. an early mm-hmm. 2000s Tetris Effect. I can see a little bit of a, I don't know, just it's a slightly more, it's a slightly more abstract and out there kind of aesthetic for a puzzle game. So yes. I can see the Tetris Effect sort of yeah. similarities. I... Also could not figure out what was going on. <laughs> My assumption was that you're just meant to like chain together firework explosions. 
as like many as you can. I don't know. Much like Tetris Effect. Although, I, let, me, let me rewind that statement. Tetris Effect is fun without drugs. I feel like this game requires some sort of... An altered state of consciousness. To enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> yes. I was interested in this because of the fact that it's a uh, first-party game. And that it's so, so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't know what to put this game in as far as like a category whenever I was like putting together a little spreadsheet or stuff. Yes, it's a puzzle game. That's what Wikipedia said. Anything else to add to this? No. Moving on from Fantavision, Ridge Racer. Is it V or is it 5? I think it's 5. I don't recall any other Ridge Racers. Okay, well then, who knows? I think Let me look. I think this is I don't think there's a I don't think there's another Ridge Racer on PlayStation 2 at least. No, there there's be... uh well, there's a PSP game. There's a Ridge Racer 7. Maybe this is Ridge oh, okay. Racer V. I don't know. <laughs> Developed by Namco published by Namco and Sony. This is definitely a game that I associate with the PS2 for some reason, probably because I owned it. Uh, <laughs> got a 78 on Metacritic. Morgan, what did you think of it? Uh, so again, due to the method I was using to play, uh, I had <laughs> some texture glitches. Um, so the entire uh, intro cutscene, I could not see. I could hear. I could not see. It was just a big green repeating pattern. I had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the music was pretty nostalgic for me. Uh, I remember the menu UI left something to be desired. I thought it was just kind of, I just didn't, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the visuals were pretty good. I think I was having some texture glitches because I remember yeah. like if I squinted at the car, I was like, I don't think that's how the car is supposed to look. But I thought, uh, like it was cool, like the how the the surface of the car, like you could tell it was like shiny. They had like some nice like lighting going on there. I thought that that was you know mm-hmm. something. Um, I, I just thought it was like a super generic racing game. I wasn't like too thrilled or like sucked into it or anything. So right, yeah. I mean, I also thought it was like fairly technically impressive comparatively. Yes, like uh, to the other racing games and stuff. I had an incredible glitch when I started the game that like. <laughs> I don't know if you ended up seeing like the intro sequence, but there's like this I girl. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. There's like the there's like this girl who's like the same girl on the uh, cover art, and she just did not have a face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like she had eyeballs and teeth. Oh no, and hair. That's terrifying. She had like it was everything else, just missing the face. So she had teeth, hair, eyeballs. It was hilariously horrifying. But yeah, I mean, I didn't get too into this. I think I played like one race. Came in like last place and was like, you know what? Yeah, it's been really hard. <laughs> some for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was something that I noticed other people had said as well. Um, looking at like reviews and stuff, pretty uh, pretty hard apparently. So that's uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for Ridge Racer V. Anything else? Nope. Okay, moving on from Ridge Racer V slash five to Midnight Club Street Racing, like Smuggler's Run, published by Angel Studios. Or developed by Angel Studios, published by Rockstar. 78 on Metacritic. Morgan, what did you think of Midnight Club Street Racing? So um, I said that you have to appreciate the customization. It's, I mean, it's pretty run-of-the-mill for racing games, but there you could like choose different vehicles and the colors and mm-hmm. you know things like that. It's, I'll take it. You know, I think I was doing like the free roam the for the first like few minutes I was playing just to like see you know how it felt um I thought the physics were all right like handling was fine uh visuals were pretty plain compared to 
I guess, uh, other racing games. I don't know. Yeah, I, f- I felt that. Yeah. It felt pretty like blocky textures and stuff like that. Yeah. I also noted that at some point I ran into a pedestrian and she just like left. She she was on the hood of my car and then flew into the atmosphere and was gone. <laughs> so that was nice. I Then I played some races. I was surprised by how difficult they were right off the bat. Um, a little bit, yeah. I, I don't know if... It might just be me being nitpicky and maybe salty because I lost the race on my first attempt. But I noticed the AI cars like really like to clump together. And also I was annoyed because at one point in the race, uh, the AI driven car ran into a truck head on and it didn't slow down at all. Like it just kept going. Yeah. I was like, uh, wouldn't it make sense for it to like, there to be like a, a, a punishment for ramming into another car. But then like, they clumped all around me and then they like spun me out and sent me like flying across the street. And I like crashed into a building and had to like (laughs) do like a U-turn to get back to where I was supposed to be going. And I was like really annoyed because I was like, what the heck? That doesn't feel fair. But that, I mean, it's just another run of the mill racing game. So I don't have too much to say. Yeah. I, I, I agree with most of that. I found the, um, the voice acting to be pretty hilarious of like the <laughs> drivers you're racing against they have like some pretty horrible accents they're also like super like aggressive feels like they're like pounding on the steering wheel while they're talking to you oh my gosh uh i thought that whenever you selected the london setting because you can switch between london and new york it sounded like taco bell sound it did um yeah <laughs> um i really like midnight club as a series some of the later entries i like point to point racing like in a city i think that that's kind of fun because you kind of yeah. have to just you know, you have to like know how to navigate around and like get to certain areas. So I like that. Um, but this game is pretty basic in a lot of aspects. So I didn't put too much time into it. Got anything else to add before we move on? No, sir. Um, okay, moving on to Dynasty Warrior 2. Uh, developed by Omega Force. Published by? I think it's Koei. Koei, Koei, aren't they Koei Tecmo now? Oh, I don't know. I th- I remember hearing Koei. T- anyway, Metacritic of seventy five. Um, Morgan, what do you think of this game? Oh, I see. You I, no, I couldn't. It. I couldn't play it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it. I didn't finish like a level, but I was. I've never played a Dynasty Warrior game in my life. I kind of know what they are, um, and I actually really enjoyed this. Oh, um, good. The controls were pretty solid compared to most of the games in the launch lineup. I kind of like the idea. It's also kind of impressive to see so many NPCs running around. There's a pretty like short uh, field of view or like render distance for stuff, but it is still like, oh, wow, there's a lot of dudes fighting each other here, staying at like a solid frame rate and everything. It's fun. I don't know if there was like a more deep sort of mechanic system because i was just kind of spamming the same moves over and over again so well and i'm also sure like the first fights probably aren't the most demanding no yeah but it is fun to have like i don't know two armies clashing and you're just like some overpowered dude kind of leading them through it so yeah i had fun one of the more enjoyable games in the launch lineup for sure have anything else to add before we move on Uh uh-uh. moving on to dead or alive 2 hardcore uh this is Developed by Team Ninja, published by Tecmo, and has a 91 on Metacritic, so one of the more highly, or one of the more well-received games in the launch lineup. Uh, Morgan, what did you think of this game? So, uh, you had played this one before me, um, 
And I had glanced at your notes and you mentioned something about the women being sexualized. Not that I'm all that surprised considering, you know, when this was put out. But uh, yeah. so I picked the most sexualized character on purpose because I just wanted to see what was up. Turns out she's Isn't it the it's the blonde lady, right? With like the uh Well, so I think it's uh Tina. Yeah, Tina is the most Tina is the most ridiculous mm-hmm. one. Uh the one yeah. I picked was uh Helena. Uh, she was like the opera Helena. singer. I think she was in like a red <laughs> suit or something. I don't know. Um so uh Helena's outfit wasn't that bad. Tifa's was she was just like out there in like her underwear, basically, I think. Uh <laughs> but the boob physics, I was like, they put Oh, come on. You guys did I noticed physics, that. Yep. really? And I talked to my fiance and he was like, oh yeah, no, that's what these games are known for is the boob physics. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, okay. I guess they decided yep. to go with that then. So this was the only um, fighting game on the launch lineup that I played. Uh, and that's after I played this one, that's why I left the others alone because I was like, well, I know that I'm probably going to have pretty much the exact same thing to say about all the fighting games. And that's that I win the first few fights by mashing like a madman, not knowing what I'm doing. And then I get bodied when the AI gets a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. So like in this game, I think there was like a, uh, like a counter system where you could like, you know, uh, counter enemy attacks if you like timed it correctly. And I didn't know how to do that. And I wasn't going to bother to learn how to do that. So I just, as soon as I lost, I stopped. I, I got the gist that this was uh, ripped from like an arcade game. Yeah, I think I think this one actually is. Yeah. I may be wrong. And like on the Wikipedia page, there was like a section dedicated to explaining the mechanics. And it seemed like, you know, there was like a decent amount of effort put into the mechanics. And they seem to be like the counter system seems to be like actually like pretty well thought out. Just because I didn't bother to learn doesn't mean it's bad. It's just if you don't like boob jiggles or uh, women with um, very yeah very unrealistic <laughs> and unhealthy um, weight to height ratios, then don't. I don't know. You're not going to like it, but. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with most of that. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a spinoff series for Dead or Alive where it's like, it's called like Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. <laughs> and it's like this spinoff series where it's just the Does women boobs? And like oh, yeah. in bikinis uh. playing like sports games. So I didn't play too much of this. It felt like most of the other fighting games. Funnily enough, I did notice that the save icon for this game is a melon. So that's... <laughs> Is that because boobs or? I think so. I th- that's uh, what I was gathering from that. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, you know, really couldn't tell the difference between most of these fighting games. Anyway, anything else to add to Dead or Alive before we move on? No. Moving on to Surfing H3O. Is it like H2O, maybe? Is that the Yeah, it's like joke? H2O. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Moving I on to Surfing H30. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is developed by Opus, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Published by Rockstar Games, who published quite a few games for the PS2 launch lineup. As a Metacritic of 46. So what are the worst received games? Huh. I see you don't have anything for this. I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, I I got it to work, but I couldn't get it to work. I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. I literally like wiped out at the start. I couldn't stand up on my... I just put, I gave up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was getting towards the end of the list. I was just like, you know what? Oh, we're good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, let's. I'm ready to move on if you are. Yes. <laughs> okay. SSX. Published by EA Sports Big. 93 on Metacritic. I think this might be the most um, highly rated of the launch lineup. I'm scrolling back Maybe to see Madden if you're beats right. It. Yeah. I think Madden might 
I think Madden's like a 92, but it's like this in Madden, I think, for the best. Anyway, one of the most highly rated. It is, unfortunately, I played SSX Tricky before this, which, for those who do not know, is a remixed version of this game that's just better. So going back to this was very difficult <laughs> because it, like, the controls were stiffer. Um, a little bit less forgiving. The characters just did not have as much personality. Courses were worse for the most part. I didn't play too much of it. Uh, we'll cover SSX in a different episode because I, I like the franchise and I'm going to force you to play it. Okay. For that reason. No, that's fine. So, <laughs> I didn't play it this time though. <laughs> I, I see you don't have anything no. to add to this. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's all 28 games. Wow. We made it. Yeah. It only took two hours and 30 minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> to wrap this up, yes. Let's uh, let's kind of look at the launch lineup as a whole. Okay, Morgan, how do you feel about the genre diversity of the launch lineup? I say there is too much racing and too many sports games, but I mean, yes. I don't, I don't enjoy that genre. I never really have, with like very, very, very few exceptions. Um, mm. and that there's uh, a racing game that I am actually excited to talk about later. And that is ATV Off-Road Fury 2. I actually like that oh, a lot. Yes. But anyway, so, um, the games out of the launch lineup that appeal to me, appeal to me because of that, um, genre bias. But yeah, it was just, uh, too much of the same, too samey across the board. For me, the main thing that I felt was missing was... Uh, like a 2D or 3D platformer, like something that was more, I don't want to say for kids, but just more like not sports racing, realistic, or like a gritty sort of uh, RPG. Right. I think would have been nice. And that's really the main thing. Like, and moving on to like the individual game quality. They, I mean, it's very clear that like developers don't understand how to, um, or they're still learning how to like create games in 3d spaces and like control characters and stuff right a lot of the environments and stuff were just like bland even in like the rpgs yes controls were across the board garbage horrific yeah yeah there's no like standardized like method of controlling a character in 3d yet there's no i yeah thinking about this now there's no 2d game on here i feel like as soon as we like made the jump to 3d 2d kind of sat by the wayside for a while like no one's like interested in 2d games anymore which is a little sad they, they come back, right? Yeah, they make a comeback. Yeah, but uh, not for some. What time. did you think of the individual, like per game qual? Like, I know it's not great, but like, what did you think of it? So, basically, like just a repeat of what I said about Eternal Ring, where it's like it's clear they didn't know or weren't able to um, develop games that really took advantage of the capabilities of the hardware. So, I mean, like, if you look at, like, launch titles versus later titles, uh, there's just, like, a huge difference. Like, if you look at, uh, I'm trying to take, like, a comparative game. What was the one? X-Squad? So, like, if you look at, like, X-Squad, mm -hmm. which is, like, a 3D, or not 3D, third-person shooter, and you compare it to something, like, even just, like, a couple years later, like, Ratchet and Clank. Like, if you look at those two, there's such a vast difference in, like, visual quality. Definitely. So, yeah. Yep, that's mine. What was the best looking game, non-racing game, in your opinion? Because I feel like Ridge Racer is probably the best looking one. Yeah. To me. Um the the one that made you mad. <laughs> no, not the not the golf game. There was the golf the, game. The mech fighter. <laughs> the mech fighter that made you mad. Which one? Armored oh, Core uh, 2. Armored Core. Armored Core yeah. 2 looked decent. And I thought Evergrace looked decent. 
I mean, we were in different areas yeah. because of the Oh, no, but I, I was like... in like a forested area and it looked like booty. It was not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think... People like how Madden looks. <laughs> I, I didn't touch that. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, NHL 2001 looked okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except from the fact that the crowd was like cardboard cutouts of people and you could yeah, tell. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I've been like a little scatterbrained because I was quietly trying to make more space on my hard drive so i don't run out oh that's okay (laughs) that's funny yep talked about the genre diversity it's not super diverse no uh the quality is not there either right other than that like what do you feel like is missing from this lineup of games so i for some reason wrote a big rambly paragraph about this i guess because i felt strongly about it and i guess i still do (laughs) Um, so if you, if you want to try and fiddle with your hard drive more, go ahead. Cause I'm going to ramble for a while. <laughs> um, so, uh, at some point, um, during in, in the span of 2020 to 2022. So like, if you're listening to this, like years down the road, you know, what was going on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention it by name, <laughs> but everybody knows. Uh, so you all know what I'm talking right. about. Somewhere in that span of time, I found myself turning into like a, a writing nerd somehow um so i i'm like very passionate about narrative and using games to tell narratives uh so basically going forward uh and what this launch lineup has me kind of concerned about um i think there's going to be a lot of games where the writing and storytelling aspects are just shoved to the side in favor of like gameplay and action um Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that that's necessarily bad or wrong to to choose to prioritize that thing in a video game because I mean, it, it is like meant to be a game. It's meant to be fun to play, but I feel like a significant portion of modern gamers are drawn to more in depth and passionately written narratives. So if you look at like some games that are going to come out in the future, I mean, like these are older games for us, but you know, they blow the doors off of anything on the PS2. So like Bioshock, Dishonored, Red Dead Redemption, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, uh, the new God of War, where you have the, you know, the kid um, and Last of Us. <laughs> where you have the kid. Also where you have a kid. Yeah, those two dad simulators. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're not going to find a lot of that depth, that storytelling depth in these PS2 titles. And it, yeah, it's true. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that has to do with like, you know, back in the day, you're gaming on your PS2 to shoot or to drive or to play sports like a maniac, not to have a philosophical debate over the nature of humanity or revenge or redemption or any of those like more heavy concepts. Um, Mm -hmm. But like as a gamer (laughs) and as a person, (laughs) I am a sucker for a good narrative. So I'm like mildly concerned that that like itch isn't going to be scratched uh, much. That being said, I know that there are some games later down the line in the PS2's life cycle that do have good stories that are worth talking about. um, And I'm excited to get to those. And also in terms of like back to like what's missing from like the launch lineup specifically, um, you already touched on platformers, but I, I know that like there were some good platformers on the PS1. We had, you know, Spyro and Crash. And I was sad that we didn't have something enjoyable like that in the PS2 launch lineup. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like the main thing that I think was missing. I also think that like some just like one, strong like core gamer type title would have been nice Mm -hmm. like a god of war or the dark cloud like thing that they were working on i haven't played that so i don't know if it's good or not but like (laughs) 
just like something that like could like be like a system seller for um people who aren't into like madden because i feel like madden was the only other game that would really get people to go out and buy a ps2 yeah um also the fact that it's a dvd player but that's that's another (laughs) thing that's true yeah i forgot about that that's a big reason a lot of people (laughs) ended up owning a ps2 is just because it was a cheap dvd player oh my gosh what game will you remember the ps2 launch library for like what is going to be the uh the standout in your mind so the game uh, from the launch lineup that I put the most time in, for better or worse, uh, was Eternal Ring. And I think that's because it stuck out the most to me because it's like part of a genre that I love so much. Um, and because mm-hmm. it has, you know, while it's like archaic and kind of stupid and sometimes awful, <laughs> um, it has a lot of similarities and similar vibes to uh, Oblivion and Skyrim, which are games that I've put a ton of probably way too much time into um so it it was nice to to have something that i was like oh this is like a predecessor for like these other games that i love that came along later that's cool so yeah that's yeah yeah for me i didn't like feel like anything really stood out to me like spoke to me in any way um time splitters is just the game that i enjoyed the most so from that aspect i'd i'd say that but I feel like everything here just kind of ranges from bad to mediocre. Yes. Like, at least based off my personal taste. Like, I can't really speak to fighting and football, but. (laughs) So do you want me to go through my best five? Yeah. So let's go through. Give me your top five and bottom five in order or out of order, whatever you want. I was looking at your list and I thought that you had. I thought that you had one of the games on both lists. Which <laughs> no, <was> funny. <laughs> I, I'm not that uh, disorganized. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I thought so, it was like a statement. Like they're all, <laughs> yeah. So we could go through. How about we go through my best five and then your best five? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. So my best five in no particular order. Um, I had Unreal Tournament because it had some of the better visuals and more fun shooting, comparatively speaking. Eternal Ring again, just because that's my standout game. That reminded me of other games that I do like. Evergrace, because I feel like if my initial uh, gameplay experience wasn't so frustrating and confusing, like if I actually understood the game and what was going on, I probably had would have had a lot more fun playing it. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to dock it too much for me being blind and not seeing a bow on the bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. NHL 2001. I know I hate sport games. But I, you could tell there was like a lot of effort put into this game and I have to respect it for that. And then lastly, X-Squad, just because mm. it was like slightly, the tutorial was handled better. Um, I was okay with the gameplay and I liked the attempt at stealth and follower mechanics. Yeah, it was definitely ambitious. Yes. I'll give it that. It tried. Yeah. So it gets points. For me, like working my layup, I have, a, I have everything in order. So what I would consider my fifth favorite game, uh, I'd say ESPN International Track and Field, because I just found it fun. It felt like um, a hidden mediocre gym amongst the other mediocre games. <laughs> Number four, I put Midnight Club Street Racing. I enjoyed it, uh, I think, the most out of all the racing games here. It just felt like, I don't know. Maybe if I got more into Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer. <laughs> Maybe if I got more into Ridge Racer, I would have had more fun, but I don't know. Smuggler's Run was kind of too simple for me. I liked Midnight Club's aesthetic more, even if it was pretty bad. This is like a real, this is just like, (laughs) 
picking my favorite amongst my least favorites. Right, um, yeah. Dynasty Warriors 2, I put it three. I found it to just play well, which is basically the criteria. If it has a control scheme that I can wrap my head around. Right. For my number two, I put Unreal Tournament because it felt like a game that I could have enjoyed a lot as a child. You know, aside from like the horrendous like default control scheme, it had a more normal control scheme, which was like, yeah, it's fun. Fairly simple and like mindless, but it's fun. Uh, number one, I put Time Splitters. I feel like Time Splitters is really, I mean, Time Splitters and I guess SSX, but I didn't really like SSX too much because I played the the better version of it. So Time Splitters to me, I feel like is one of the only really likable games from the launch lineup and that's uh that's what i got that's my uh anticlimactic list of <laughs> best five games on the on the launch lineup moving on to worst oh boy Morgan, what do you think are the worst five games on this horrendous <laughs> launch lineup it was uh harder for me to pick out the worst than the best yeah, because there's so much that it's just bad um so if that says anything about the launch lineup i don't know the competition for worst was definitely it was um, higher intense. than the competition for best, which is something. Yeah. So I have Fantavision, just because I couldn't be bothered to figure it out or to care. Uh, Cue Ball, even though I didn't play it, it's like a pool simulator. And that's, you know, it doesn't have like the, the fun of uh, motion controls like pool on the Wii would, for example. So it's just doesn't really mesh well with the platform. Gun, Griffin Blaze, um, just because... Oh, wow. I, I know. I, I liked <laughs> it. I don't know. That's, what an upset. <laughs> it, no, it's one of the ones where it's like right on the... like. Eh. I, I didn't have like too much fun playing it. And uh, just because the render distance and like the environment design was so boring. Yeah. Orphan is on there because the combat couldn't figured that out for the life of me no instructions not clear enough um and then i also have another game i didn't even play surfing h3o just because <laughs> the fact that you couldn't even figure out how to play it and just immediately fell off your surfboard makes me think that that sucks and deserves to be on the worst list based off name alone i feel like it deserves yes, to be on the worst list that too <laughs> i like to think that there wasn't a surfing h2o right they, they just <laughs> They just skipped. They just decided to call it H3O. Or that there is a surfing H1O. Ready one rumble boxing round one. Yeah. My my worst five, couple similarities on here. So my number five worst game, which is the game I liked the fifth uh, most. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Swing Away Golf. Terrible tutorial. Couldn't, couldn't stand it. Um, X-Squad is above that. Is a game I liked less. I know that you liked it, but I just... Well, it felt it felt so um, generic, mm -hmm. despite having some like ambitious mechanics. I kept rolling around everywhere. I couldn't take it. Well, also to be uh, fair, there's like some games that you have on your list that I on your best list that I didn't get to play. That if I got to play, probably would have knocked X Squad off my list. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Armored Core Two, which is really just a vendetta I have against not being able <laughs> to figure out what was going on. Fantavision again. I don't know what's going on. Cue Ball Billiards Master is going to sit at number one, though, because it just feels funny, you know? It's just rag on this game. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm doing it. All right, Morgan. Did we learn anything from this? Um, <laughs> control schemes <laughs> have certainly evolved. Oh, definitely. Um, and like I said before, the, the narrative choices um and you know t taking a game's narrative seriously is certain certainly something from 
uh, a more like modern standpoint or more uh, a modern aspect uh Mm -hmm. so that's that's my big two i for me yeah definitely the control scheme thing we're still figuring out how 3d controls work right i felt like this was a nice palette cleanser yes um because it's like i don't know i feel like maybe if we dove head first into like a couple of the games that we actually remembered fondly we might have just been like wow it's not as good i feel like playing through this trash is going to help us appreciate that a lot more <laughs> obviously the goal with this is to go semi chronologically through the ps2 going out of order occasionally but i feel like we're going to get to see how the system and the developers kind of like learn better <laughs> control conventions and just like how to make 3d games uh that actually play well so and the good thing is you know like we know that they're gonna get there we know they're gonna get to better controls uh Mm. because some of our most beloved games are on the ps2 and have good controls so yeah yeah, yeah. it's all part of the process yeah yeah i feel like when you know when we get to ratchet and clank and it has like an inverted x-axis or whatever we're gonna be much more forgiving right (laughs) because it's ratchet and clank how could i not (laughs) yeah and we've gone through these just abominations right of control schemes so yeah that'll be good i I really liked looking back at like the reviewers of the time and like the criteria that they were judging the games by i thought was interesting because obviously it's a different time and they're looking for different things and reviews are right subjective and you know depends on like when and where and all that so it was interesting you know to see that they hated some of the things that we really needed right <laughs> if we had listened to that one reviewer for unreal tournament who knows where we'd be the industry would be, it would, it would have ceased to exist if we couldn't have figured out 3D controls. So, yeah. And that, kids, is why you never accept criticism. <laughs> never. Never accept They're criticism. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was much longer than I thought it was. Oh, uh, right? Almost three hours. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there's a lot of it's pauses like a... and like fumbling in there, but. Oh, yeah. I had to go to the bathroom like five times. Right. Uh, should I stop the recording? Uh, do we have anything to end with? <laughs> Kiss your dad square something? on the lips. No, that's stolen from another podcast. We can't say that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, we're going to come back with uh, Jack and Daxter, I think, is the next game. Well, yeah, just just for a, um, a, a sanity check. Uh, oh, it's a sanity, 100%. Uh, we were yeah. going to do some, we we're going to dive in more chronologically, but we need, we need something. Right. Give us something. <laughs> we are never going to do 28 games in no, an episode again. Absolutely not. We, I knew, I, no matter how like little we researched and how little we had to say about these, I knew it was going to take for freaking ever. Yes. But you know what? We did it. I'm proud. All right. All right. Goodbye. Uh, uh, yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And stop. Ah. Well, hold on. I don't know. I can't tell if I stop. <laughs> I think it's going. <laughs> stop. I can't get it to stop. I did. It's still going. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, the square stop button. Oh, my God.